the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the brand new episode of Galaxy of Film. I'm your host, Max. You know, this week, um, well I should say last week, I didn't have a co-host with me. Just a bunch of guest stars, and now this week we've kind of flipped. No guest stars, but I have both my co-hosts again. I'm joined with uh, Danilo. How have you been this week, sir? Past two weeks, excuse me. Well, last week I was doing okay, dude. Last week, fine week. This week, got into a car accident, but I did survive. There you go. <laughs> so I'm doing okay. Well, glad you're glad you're alive. You know, dude, I've been hearing that many times today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna follow up with something. Okay. No, just I've heard it a lot today, bro. Yeah. And um, joining us again this week, Dakari. How's it been? It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of stuff, man. You know, um, I'm on break right now. I'm in, I'm back in my hometown um, in North Carolina, so you know, finally getting the chance to settle down. Not a lot of you know crap being thrown at me at once. So if I don't get to chill, if I don't get to just uh, have some type of adjustment within my schedule, you know. So I'm I, I'm happy to be back, and I continue to look forward to more episodes because I can't be missing this crap. Well, it's it's good to have you back for sure. Um, dude, I saw you, you posted on your story. You ended up in a Busta Rhymes playlist. What's the story behind that? Uh, yes, I did. I forgot to mention that. Um, the story behind that is we act, he actually made a post, um, reaching out to unsigned artists and just basically asking or giving out opportunities to unsigned artists, you know, DM them, um, all that stuff, right? So I took initiative and I DM'd him, and then he replied back, and then oh. it went from there. That's awesome. So you had like legit full on conversation with Buster Rhymes? Absolutely. That's awesome, dude. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Thank you. Who's Buster Rhymes again? Oh, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Justin Bieber, wasn't he? He was no. in Justin Bieber? Well, he was like with them on a track or something, wasn't he? No, he was with uh, Chris Brown and Lil Wayne, I think. That was it. That was it. I knew I knew that name from something. I forgot. He was with the wife beater. Yeah, he had that crazy verse. (laughs) The club. God, what was that song, dude? All right, it's not important. This is a movie podcast, not a song podcast from the 2010s. (laughs) Yo, host. Let's go, buddy. I was waiting for you guys to finish talking. Jesus. We're dude. done, man. This is a movie <laughs> podcast, bro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I got vaccinated today. That was something. Oh, you did? Really? Since we're just catching up, Jesus. You're catching up on what? Vaccines or life? Yeah. Oh, you mean catching? Oh, we're catching up yeah, on Yeah, yeah, together. Okay, dickweed. <laughs> My bad, bro. This is a movie Jesus. podcast, not a let's catch up on life podcast. Oh, geez. You know, I was thinking before I hit record, like, man, I've been looking forward to this day all week. This is my favorite time yeah, of the week. Yeah, because you get to hear my shit. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Well, we got a good show for you guys today. We're talking about Spiral from the Book of Saw. 
and Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. But first, let's forget about the TV show Bad Batch, bro. Oh yeah, we always talk about Bad Batch. And the movie news. We have, of course, of course. And our break. Get... Jesus. And uh, the rating system. Okay, God damn it. Get it, bro. Let's go ahead and yeah. first dive Make straight. Make a note to edit that. <laughs> let's go ahead and dive straight into the news firsthand. Uh, let's go up first. Elizabeth Olsen wins best performance in a show for the MTV Awards. Damn right, dude. If this woman does not win an Emmy for WandaVision, I'll be very upset. I think oh, I'm yeah. more excited for the Emmys when they come out than that was the Oscars. Um, Danilo, oh, same here, dude. We, yeah. we talked about it. Mm-hmm. We were like, no one's seeing these fucking movies for $20. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's sitting at home streaming TV shows. So, yeah, everyone's going to be a lot more excited for the Emmys. And WandaVision was something everyone watched. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as they could on Friday. They're like, let's oh, watch yeah. it. Let's talk about it. Let's tweet about it. Yeah. I think major- the majority of everyone liked WandaVision. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I think everyone's rooting for Elizabeth Olsen uh, to, win, to win some awards. I know I am. I hope so. Oh, they yeah. won four awards for WandaVision that night. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're MTV awards, though, so I'm not trying to discredit the MTV awards, dude, but, you know. It's something, dude. Yeah. It's kind of like um, kind of like the Golden Globes. It's still an award. Yeah, it's kind of like the Golden Globes, the Oscars, MTVs, and the Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm. know, man. The Golden Globes, I do think she needs to win a Golden Globe for her performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bare minimum nominated. Hope so. Dakar, do you have any um any final statements about this piece of news? Um, yeah, I'm happy for it. She definitely needs to win. She was a very overlooked actress. Um, you know, she basically carried the whole show. But in regards to the Oscars, I didn't even really watch the Oscars because you know I was occupied that night, so I was trying to keep up with updates on my phone. Wait, about lucky the you. Yeah, <laughs> and. Yeah. Let me tell you, although I was happy with most of the results, I got to tell you, reading the results, I was kind of underwhelmed because, I mean, we, we all know Anthony Hopkins is a great actor, but he won Best Actor. And have, without having seen The Father, we know that he's a great actor. But yeah. it would have made more sense if Chadwick won because he literally carried all his roles on his own while being sick. And that is dedication. So I understand why everybody's upset with that. And I haven't even seen Nomadland, and I want to, but I never got a chance. So it's just like yeah, okay. I haven't seen it either. It's, seen it either. It's, a little, it's a little bit underwhelming, but you know mm-hmm. what can you do? Uh, up next, the, the one thing that's oh, sorry, oh, go ahead. The one thing that's really weird about just the award thing, real quick. Um, I know that's like weeks old. Was the Five Bloods, dude? No oh, love for the Five Bloods no, at all. Absolutely that no. That was love yeah. That was a little bloods. bit unexpected for sure. None. That, that was, was weird, one of my. But- that was one of my favorite movies of last year. Still need to watch it, dude. Still need to watch it. Oh, you got to. It's amazing. <laughs> um, up next, the iCarly reunion is coming to Paramount Plus next month. Um, they released a couple first images, and they're getting some racial backlash because, you know, Jeanette McCurdy's not returning because of the whole Dan Schneider situation. That, that, that was a thing. What happened uh, with that? I don't know. I'm lost. I think that's more sexual assault, um, sexual harassment than. No, no, no! That's all I'm saying. Yeah. She's not returning, so they replaced her. It, it's not Sam. I'm assuming. Okay. Oh, they be. Oh, what? There is a different actress in a different character, replacing the presence of Sam. Because this isn't a reunion; it's a sequel series. 
Okay. They they kind of so revealed the that. that. There there's a what's black the woman fitting in for the character of Sam. You know, everyone finds something to just get upset about these exactly. days. Who the hell cares, dude? If Sam didn't want to come back, she doesn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they cast someone else, not as Sam, but as someone else. Yeah, that's okay. what they're doing. And people are yeah. pissed, dude. It's pathetic. Um, Jerry Trainer, the guy that plays Spencer, had released a whole statement about it. So did Miranda Cosgrove. Really? Yeah. yeah. Look on their Instagram. Fuck it's off, pathetic. dude. You're not a fan of iCarly if you're if you're just upset about this, bro. You know what the funny thing is? You know. That's what Jerry Trainer said in his post. <laughs> Yes, exactly, dude. You're not a fan of iCarly if you're upset about this. I mean, I'm be more upset that Sam isn't returning because of the reasons why she isn't returning, not because of some they cast someone else or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know what? I'm, Suck my cock if you if you're upset about that. I'm not even. But also be- keep on listening to the podcast. We need your support. But honestly, like I'm not even that big of a fan of the show. I mean, I do like it, but I just you know, I'm not that hype about it you know well, i'm, I'm excited i'm not i'm not yeah i'm sorry what was that Takari? i'm not that hype about it i'm not saying that i don't like the show i mean it's i, think I it's carly cool. bro yeah it's i carly it's a cool show i'm not i'm not saying did like you not have a childhood of course i did that's not one of the things that i watched a lot okay i liked the show it just wasn't one of my go-to shows to watch it's weird dude. eddie benson yeah, because that was my go-to show right after Ned's Declassified. Dude, when it got put on Netflix a couple uh, months ago, I was when watching it at working at home again. It holds up. Random dancing. <laughs> um, speaking of reunions, the Friends reunion, which is more of the oh. the cast coming back, like the, the Fresh oh, Prince reunion, dude. airs next week. Fuck Friends, dude. Um, is yeah. anyone yeah, excited that's for what this? I, like to hear, bro. I don't like Friends at all. No. I hate that show. It's all I right. have buddies. Hey, but do you like The Office, though? Hey, I like The Office. Oh, the Office is dope. Yeah. Yep. I'm not well, Office I'm not. superiority I'm here, bro. <laughs> I love The Office, yeah. but um, Friends was just it's just a little bit too overrated for me. Yeah. Friends Very is good. like... Friends is like if you're drinking, drinking Hawaiian Punch instead of Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That's a great <laughs> description. Oh, yeah. I would say so. Hey, it is so... It is so fluffy for no reason. That's why I don't watch it that much. It's it's not a bad show. It's just way too fluffy for no reason. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, next week, or excuse me, I want to say next week. This week is the 20th anniversary of Shrek. You got a physical 4K release. I know you're excited about this, Danilo. I'm excited. This is in the holy trinity of memes. There's three movies that make up the meme culture. A B-movie, Shrek... And Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, Revenge. A of bit the of Sith. everything, and th- those three—it's the trifecta of memes. Revenge. Once of the, the Sith. B movie gets released on 4K, we'll have it all, dude. Like life will be complete. Jesus, the skies will open. Whatever the saying is in the Bible, the skies will open, bro. It'll be Judgment Day. <laughs> we need a box. And it'll set. be heaven on earth, bro. What? We need a box set. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yes. The Steel Book looked great. Of I went to Target and I'm like. You know, do I get Viagra or do I get the Shrek 4K? Either you know, one would suffice. To, so Target has a steelbook of the Shrek 4K? Mine, mine did. And it, and they do, yeah. Okay, oh. I haven't been to Target since we moved. Yeah. I need to look into oh, that. Oh, yeah. We have like so 10 Targets now. Walmart? Though. There's a Best Buy two minutes away. 
bro, you're banned from Best Buy. Think again. <laughs> I'm calling the cops if you take a step in the Best Buy. Jesus bro. Christ. Up next, um, I know you've got to be excited for this as well, Danilo. Um, I ain't Takashi 69. A new oh. spin off series of Rick and Morty has been announced. It'll be premiering on Adult Swim. Um, will you be watching this? I know you watched the other Justin Roiland project that came out. Yeah, so I didn't understand it though. The uh, I saw it. Is it him making a like a solar opposite show for Adult Swim, or is it the um? Oh, it's not Justin Roiland, dude. It's Dan Harmon. Oh, it's Roiland's not attached to this project. It's Harmon making that cryptocurrency thing. Oh lord. Oh. Yes, and that, and then because Dan Harmon started trending, and because everyone wants to cancel him. Yeah. Fuck off. He's still part of Rick and Morty. He ain't gonna be fired. It's not called rape if he's fucking a doll. It's just fucking weird. Up next... I don't know if we uh, should... <laughs> that yet. over anything nowadays. Okay, up next. Anyway, though. Up next. We'll no, 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 no. Out. Up cut next. <laughs> I'm excited for Dan Harmon's show, bro. Up next, uh, a little bit of a boo-hoo. Zack Snyder's really, um... Uh, this actually is really like doing the whole woe is me thing lately. Yeah. Woe is me. If you noticed. Zach, you know no. what Zach can do? You know what Zach can do? What can Zach do? He can suck off Martian Manhunter. Because I could give a fuck. <laughs> anyway, though. You, you can keep about? on reading the headlines. He, my um, bad, my bad. He's like, yeah, Warner Brothers denied me of a third 300 movie. Okay, Zach. Okay? Nobody cares about 300. Yeah, it's like, we really need to make that as a headline, Zach. We gotta put that out there, buddy. Dude, I mean, the first 300 was fine, but mostly dis- disposable. There never needed to be a sequel to that. I didn't even know there was a sequel, talking about dude. A third movie? I know there's a sequel. There never yeah, needed to be that's one. That's weird. And then there's, he's talking about a third. No one cares about 300, bro. Jesus. Yeah, um, Zach. Make a good film next time, Zach, and then maybe you'll get another one. Because all your films oh, are ass. Snyder Cut was good, though. In, in other news, speaking of Snyder Cut, I know you said you were interested in this storyline, Danilo. Um, DC announces they're doing an animated Injustice Gods Among Us film. Um, I remember during our Snyder Cut episode, you were discussing how you're really interested in like the, the Superman God bad kind of thing. And the kind of like the broken Justice League. Okay. Is this something you'd be interested in? You Okay, for our listeners out there, if you've seen Invincible... I don't know if you have Max. Not yet. No. no. Okay. I won't spoil anything, but it's hard. It's like animated, but it's violent. You know, like I've seen clips of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, I don't know if you'd be like considered art or whatever, but you know, like you see heads fucking like break open, like heads ripped off, severed, whatever. You know, just absolutely obliterated people. If they do that, they need to do that with injustice. Then I'll be on board. Some of these, um, some of these DC animated movies are rated R. Then I'm there for it. I'm 100. Per- you don't have to say anymore. If they do that type of storyline, DC will have my money. And DC's animated stuff already does have almost everyone's money. Oh, you yeah. know, look at that Harley Quinn thing. Everyone loves that. Um, Batman. Everyone loved that. You know. So yeah, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it to come out. Speaking of Batman, uh, Dakari and I were talking about this earlier. J.J. Abrams is writing an animated Batman show. I'm personally very excited for this. I know he did his Spider-Man comic run. That was like five issues. I have issue one, but I need to read the first or read it still. Um, yeah, I'm guessing he really enjoyed his time writing for a comic. 
And I don't know how much creative control he's getting because the lead animator from Batman the Animated Series will be there. And I think one of the writers of that show is also involved. But uh, Batman the Cape Crusader, Dakari, are you excited for this show? Yeah, it sounds interesting. I really do like J.J. Abrams, despite the fact that he, you know, made Rise of Skywalker, but whatever. Um, that's a different topic for another time. Um, I think He's that... awful. N- no, because The Force Awakens was dope, and Star Trek, the first two Star Trek movies were good. I refuse but, to watch um, Star Trek. <laughs> I don't watch Star Trek. Max. But, um... Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, I haven't really read his Spider-Man comics, but, you know, hey, we'll see how that turns out. Let's see. Uh, up next, did, did anybody have a chance to watch the Snake Eyes trailer? I didn't either. No. I did. I did. No. I did. Tell, I me, tell about us about that. Tell us about it, Danielle. Okay, dude. So, one of my guilty pleasure movies is the first G.I. Joe, we, uh, Rise of Cobra. That movie cool. was dope to me. I had so many action figures of it, mm-hmm. you know, creating battles. They had, you know, I love that movie. I just watched it the other day because it got put on Netflix. So when they announced the Snake Eyes thing, and then, uh, whatever, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Blue Ass, um, because they waited five fucking years. Sick. Anyway, though, going back to Snake Eyes, though. Snake Eyes was always one of my favorite characters. This trailer looks sick. Like, it look. It, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the G.I. Joe TV show, because I'm not. I only know... I, I kind of Snake Eyes... A little bit. A little bit. Does Snake Eyes talk? He does not talk, and he never takes the mask off. I've seen the poster for this, yeah. and I'm not now, impressed that, that's weird. It. It's very weird. poster looks ass. The trailer didn't look much better, but I'm just excited for it, because it looks... Like, I'm excited to see, like, what they're going to do with it, you know, maybe... Because it was just a teaser. It wasn't too long, mm-hmm. but it it looks like he talks... And then he puts on the mask, and then he doesn't talk, you know. But we don't see him put on the mask and not, like not talk. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It looks like he's taking up a mantle instead of like becoming Snake Eyes almost. Okay, that's. It looks like it's a mantle he he earns. Yeah, he needs to earn instead of uh, just you know he naturally goes into. But it, the trail looks great. Um, if you guys were a fan of uh, what's a movie called Red Ready or Not? Um, Love Ready or Not. Uh, some. Yeah, that actress is going to be in this as well. I think she's supporting supporting Samara. Samara, Samara she, yeah, she's in this as well. I, I'm sold. I'm sold. I, I love. Yeah, it. I was sold when that got when the, I saw that. I was more sold when that was shown than who the hell Snake Eyes was. That we see a glimpse of of Storm Shadow. He looks dope. Um, he has the same hair. It looks like from um, the fucking Rise of Cobra. You know that like weird part there. Not the I same actor. Seen obviously, that in so long. Dude. I know Ray Park is Snake Eyes in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I mean, it looks good. It looks interesting. It looks like something that's worth a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be for us, though. You know, we're 20 now, and I doubt they're going to put it at R. You know? Yeah, okay, true, true. It I looks see. like, yeah, it looks like PG 13. Doesn't look bad, though. It looks like, you know, you'll get your money's worth from it, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Maybe this could be the start of a nice G.I. Joe franchise. I am excited for it, though. Maybe. Maybe. I know, um, you know, those. Because G.I. Joe is one of those things where it was a, a figure made into a cartoon, unlike a cartoon made to a figure. You know, so it's Transformers yeah. and Ninja Turtles. And we've seen both of those properties have successful films, both animated and live action. And even Ninja Turtles having a second reboot into live action. Um, so maybe this is the proper standoff for G.I. Joe to get its footing. Because, I mean, Transformers 
even though they weren't that great, did well. You know. Do you remember that rumor like five years ago that G.I. Joe was going to cross over with Transformers? Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm here for that if that happens, bro. <laughs> I, I also remember when the first when it was just Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay one, was announced that that was going to cross over as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what you, the do fuck, you remember, dude? Uh, speaking of crossovers, do you remember the, I think it was almost confirmed uh, at one point, the crossover between um, 21 Jump Street and... Men in um, Black. Men dude, in Black, yes. Men in Black. I was here for it, dude. I was so ready to see that. That would have been the dopest thing ever. That, I'm actually a fan of that. that Sorry for the great. ear rape. Sorry for the ear rape. But that, that looked fucking dope. Makes no sense to me, but I would have been here for it, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it makes no sense at all. Like, what the fuck is happening? But super dope. Men in Black. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And they were going to tie that in. That was before Men in Black 3 happened. So it was going to yeah. be 23 Jump Street. Before, because they did 22 Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. You get it. Uh, let's see. Next up, sick. a bit of a disappointment. Um, way to go, Don Cheadle let out that Michael Jordan will be appearing in Space Jam too. Thanks, Willie. Yeah. Oh, I thought that. I thought that was like confirmed. I didn't really understand why that was news that day. Oh okay. no, it wasn't confirmed. He wasn't supposed to be in this. Oh, uh, I, I just assume since we saw all those IPs. I'm like, we're going to see as many Easter eggs as we, as we can, so, you know, Michael Jordan's going to be in this regardless. I haven't seen the first Space Jam in a while, so i got to rewatch it before that one comes out. Yeah, we'll do a double feature. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even care for the, for the two. Um, last bit of news. Today, actually, the day we're recording this, is the 16th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. See, I'm hard right now, dude. Oh, definitely. That is... That is literally the most memeable film of all time, in my opinion. You ever watched any clips could... on the the Chinese translation? Shut up, dude! Don't get me harder than I already am. No, I haven't watched that. <laughs> it's it, dude, if you think the English version has some uh, some bumpy writing, the oh, translation oh. it's all on YouTube. I think the entire movie in Chinese is on YouTube. I need to look that up. It's something. <laughs> I gotta look that up for real. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into shows that wraps up for news for this week. Um, oh, bro, we... we didn't even talk about... Oh, yo, yo, we didn't even talk about Monsters at Work, dude. What do you mean Monsters oh, at Work? The little spinoff for Monsters Incorporated? What, what, is, what news Monsters is there for it? Oh, that's trailer a dropped. That's the TV show. Yeah, yeah, trailer Disney dropped? Plus, trailer dropped. Yeah, like two days ago. What, what looks are you sick. Looks about fun. the trailer drop, dude? Monsters at Work coming July second on Disney Plus. Not like I wouldn't say a trailer, trailer, but a teaser. This is not a thing, dude. What? Yes, it is, bro. Yes, it is. So <laughs> since Max is so uncultured with the Monsters Inc. universe, I'll be taking <laughs> over for a hot minute. Yeah. So, um, Monsters at Work trailer dropped um this week. It looks fun. If you like the Monsters, that Monsters Little Universe, Monsters Inc., Monsters University. Yeah, it looks like you'll like this. It has the same type of comedy. Mike and Sully are there. It looks fun. It looks fun and it looks exciting. Hmm. Max, what are your thoughts on it? I'm excited. I love Monsters, Inc. I didn't know the trailer came out. Do you like Monsters University? Yeah, I loved it. Good. That's, that is that is the answer we were looking for, man. 
Because there are some Monster University haters out there, and you know what? Single that don't like Monsters University don't like Iron Man 3. Are you serious? Below me. (laughs) I I really enjoy Monsters University. Honestly, or obviously Monsters Inc. is my favorite, but you know, Monsters Inc. is Monsters University, excuse me, is really good, but I had no idea there were there was going to be a show. I've seen the trailer, but I have not, like, watched it. Yeah, yeah. I need to, to watch this trailer. <laughs> I might do it's, that during it's break. It's short. It's short. Um, and the Hotel Transylvania one came out, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watching that. Yeah, no. no. Okay, dude. I'm just telling you some movie news. <laughs> Excuse me. Gotta take a little nappy nap after this. And mm. the Purge trailer dropped. Did you guys watch that? <laughs> no, that. he slipped yeah. under the radar for me, dude. I, I saw but that. Yeah, the Forever. You saw it, Takari. Okay, I didn't get to see it. What'd you think? You're a um, fan yeah. of the Purge franchise? Mm, I stopped being a fan. Like, I mean, the first two movies were fine, but then they just started churning out movies just for the hell of it. And I'm just like, I'm not. Not anymore. Yeah, that's what I feel like this was about too. I, that's why I didn't yeah. go for it. And this one doesn't even look that good neither. So, all right, man. Now we can move on, Max. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into shows. Um, Daniela, have you been watching? I want to do something a little bit different. Have you been watching anything aside from Bad Batch lately? Do you want to talk about? Yeah, funny you should mention that. Funny you should mention that. So, I watched Watchmen. That was a while ago. So, I finished yeah, that Yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, love that show. I now started to watch H- oh, Westworld. Again, on HBO. Because I didn't... I watched season one. Then it took another like a year and a half for season two. And I hate that. So, then mm. I never saw season two or season three. Dude, the writing in Westworld is so, so good. Like, I'm remembering everything that's starting to happen again. Mm. I'm still finishing up season one. But, yeah, I'm watching Westworld... And I watched Invincible. I don't know if I talked about that in the last you, few episodes. You, not in the episodes, no. Yeah, so I watched Invincible, that Amazon Prime uh, animated show. Anime, anime animated show. And I really enjoyed that. I thought the writing was there good. Um, I, I, my buddies all like it. If you like anime, they said, you know, it's pretty good. I think it could have been better, but, you know, that's just me. I, I wasn't a fan of the anim- like anime shows and their storytelling, but I did like it, okay. you know, for what it was. Uh, Dakari, have you been watching anything individually? Uh, TV shows and movies? Just, no, just just shows. Okay, shows. Okay, so um, I just got back started watching this show on Netflix called Samurai Gourmet. I watched it when it first came out in 2017, and it's basically about... It's a Japanese show. You have to read subtitles. It's about this retired businessman who... Uh, sets out to rediscover his passion for food and um his spirit his spirit animal or, or his spirit um guide is of course this ancient samurai warrior which you know pers- helps him pursue his passion for rediscovering food and it's a very interesting very calm and very fluffy show but in all but in all the right ways it's wonderful um i'm glad i'm rewatching it and Another show I'm rewatching right now is uh, Wu Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Not sure if you've uh, watched that, Max. I, I watched like three episodes. Um, I've heard of it. 
And it, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but I fell off. I was watching so much other stuff at the time. Yeah, I, I saw it because at the time I didn't have Hulu. So um, when it first came out, so somebody hooked me up and I was able to um, watch the whole series. But I'm rewatching it now. It's that illegal. I have... No, it wasn't really illegal. Somebody actually hooked me up with Hulu at the time. But anyway, so yeah, I'm rewatching it now. And I still feel the same way about it. Like, I really liked how well-developed and well-rounded everything is, especially, you know, with the Wu-Tang origin story and how they're bringing everybody together and how that's coming mm-hmm. about. It just makes me want to keep watching the show. It's the characters, and I really like that. Let's see. Did you, um, did season two ever come out? No, not yet. But it, it, I think they're. Um, I think it's in development right now. Okay, gotcha. Um, you ready to talk about Bad Batch, Daniel? I, I oh, I forgot to mention mine. <laughs> um, the only other show. Fix yourself. What'd you say? What? What'd you call me? I said, "Fix yourself, bro." Okay, fuck you, dude. Um, I did talk about a couple episodes ago. I was watching The Circle. Really enjoyed that show. Um. Lately, I've been watching The Great British Baking Show. The Great British Baking Show? Yes. What is that? It's exactly what it sounds like, Dakar. You have some fucking, some culture. <laughs> I'm joking, bro. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Bad Batch. Um, Danilo, give us the breakdown, sir. Okay. So, we open up on a starry night. Just kidding. We're in fucking hyperspace and our ship is going down. The Bad Batch is like, the ship is going down. And Omega's like, I'm Omega. Anyway, though, the ship goes down. Big fucking whoop. We switch back to Kamino, and we see Crosshair and Tarkin. And we see this new admiral named something fucking admiral, whatever. Mm, What's his Rampart. name? Rampart. I, I, Rampart. Yeah, yeah. Admiral Rampart. Uh, Moff Rampart. Governor Rampart. Whatever the fuck you want to call him, you know. The galaxy's switching up. Ramparts are like, yo, Tarkin. I gotta tell you, bro. These clones, I ain't liking them too much. We need some people to want to join our military so we can mm-hmm. be cool. And then Tarkin's like, I don't know, dog. Maybe. And then over there, the Bad Batch is all like, we need to fix our ship. So Tech and the boys go out there to try and fix the ship. And Omega's like, I'm Omega. Anyway, though, there's <laughs> some monster. Again? Again? What? Do that again? Uh, Buddy, now's not the time. We'll get to <laughs> Omega's part when we get to it. So there's this monster there that's on this planet, and they steal the battery for the uh, their ship. And so Hunter goes because he's the you know tracker, so he goes and he tries to find it. Then we switch back to Camino, and Tarkin's like, "All right, Rampart, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna take your little clones, the elite clone troopers, and I'm I'm gonna have my boy Hunter lead them, and they're gonna go after Sagarera's insurgents. But they're not really insurgents; they're good people. So anyway, the elite clone troopers go over there." And uh, Crosshairs are like, you will bow before the Empire, or you will die. And then Sagarera's people were like, we'll choose death. And so then Crosshairs like, beep, beep. but then first, before we get to there, I forget what his name was, because he's so irrelevant to the story, but a human, not a clone, he was all like, Crosshair, I'm not going to shoot these people. Even though I just signed up to work for a military that's an authoritarian, I'm not going to shoot innocent lives. And then Crosshairs like, shut the fuck up, and blew his fucking brains out. And then he said, my elite clone troopers, finish the fucking job. And so they torched him and shot him. Dude, do one or the other, in my opinion. Either shoot them 
or torch them. There's no need for both, dude. Like, that's harsh, in my opinion. That's harsh for the Empire. But then you see Crosshair, and he's like... And then they go back there, and Tarkin's all like, Wow, they did pretty good job, but you're missing a clone. And then, you know, Crosshair's like, I took care of him. He was a fucking mm -hmm. pussy. And then Rampart was all like, I got the job done. And then Tarkin's like, All right, man, I'm going to go leave and do whatever I want to do now. So Tarkin goes, and it seems like Rampart's going to be our admiral, who we're going to get a lot of, like Governor Price and uh We've already got a natural figure of him, so definitely. Yeah, so, you know, everyone's jerking off to Rampart. Like, anyway, though, then we go to the Camino, the Kaminoans, and they're all like, oh, shit, something's pretty interesting's happening here. We don't think we like what Tarkin's and Rampart's planning. We're going to need to go find a clone to maybe save us. Anyway, mm. though, then we go back to uh, the little... Uh, ship and everything and hunter found the animal but he gets knocked out you know fucking pussy and then omega's like i'm omega and then omega she's like <laughs> i have tracking skills so she goes down there and she you know fucking finds the thing it, and you know she gets the battery that to save the ship and then she comes back in and she's like hey wrecker wrecker's like thanks for fixing the ship and then she's like no thank you i'm omega and then hunter's all like you know good job and that's the it that's the end of it are you are you liking this show so far, Danilo? Honest answer? Yeah, honest answer. Yes. Um, yes and no. I yes and no. I, I I'm torn between it, dude. I don't want to get into a whole spiel here, but I I'm really torn between it. I, I am liking it. I'm liking a lot of things they're doing. But I'm I I wanna see something new. I, I don't need to see all these answers. You know? Hmm. I, I don't like how we're seeing these transitions, how we've seen the clones phased out. You know, I already knew that. And I, I know, you know, I like to imagine how that would happen. You know, what would happen to Kamino once we phase out clone troopers? Like someone pointed out Tarkin changed to an admiral. I mean, he mm -hmm. went from admiral to grand moff. That makes no sense in the canon timeline at all. You know, and yeah, you're probably like, well, Daniil, you just said you don't care about, you know, you don't need every answer for everything. No, I don't need every answer for anything for everything. But it's weird to me that they would do it that fast, you know? Like it seems like a day or two has passed. Um it, it, it's 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 a nostalgic show. They're playing on nostalgia. Cause I said in my own review, this episode reminds me of your typical Clone Wars type storytelling. Yeah. You have a little problem here with your wrecker and everything, but all the while you have a bigger problem happening, which is those which is the clones being phased out to have volunteers to join the um, what is it called? The Repu not the Republic, the the Galactic uh, Empire. See, that's you, know? you were on here last episode where we were talking about it, Curtis and I. I know how you brought up how you really enjoy the politics in Star Wars. Yeah, that's this what I want to see, dude. The one thing Bad Batch is doing that I'm loving. Is seeing that transition, but not just for the political side or for citizens, but seeing the clones becoming yeah. heartless. Because we don't see that anything else other than the Battlefront 2 campaign. The original Battlefront 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm loving it, dude. So you are loving this show. I'm I'm loving moments of the show so far. I'm liking it, I think don't get me wrong. But mm -hmm. I want to. I think we'll get more and more of it as it goes on. It's only the third episode. Um, and this episode was mainly character development, <clears throat> yeah. But I'm just I'm so thrilled that we're getting like a 
I think it was episode, yeah, episode two, where we're seeing, like, Hunter, like, he's now shooting these regular, the regs, as he calls them. Because he knows, yeah, yeah these, are, these aren't my brothers anymore. Yeah. And I like seeing that transition, where now every clone is just heartless. How Order 66 wasn't just a one-time thing to kill Jedi. It was a total, like, personality switch on top of that. Yeah. And that's something I'm enjoying seeing. Because, like I said, we don't get to see anything else other than the Battlefront 2 campaign from 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, that campaign, you know, is, is narrated very well by Tamir Morrison, which is nice. Um, so it, it's really cool hearing that the D. Bradley Baker take on that storyline. So I'm, I'm loving it for that reason. Yeah, I like the moments as well. I think that's probably the best way to put it. I like the show, but you're loving moments in the show. And yeah. I feel like that's a very good assessment of the show. You know, because like you said, I love seeing that. I love seeing the uh, the politics with the uh, fucking chain codes. You need a chain code. Like, I thought that was great. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's cha- things are changing now. Com- and that's affecting everyone. So you conform or you die, basically. You know, you I'm get sure you're enjoying the, the, the issues of the Kaminoans as well. I'm loving that. But I, I talked about my review, dude. Apparently... Some guy at work who who read Legend shit. He knows more about it. It, it he says something how Boba Fett comes back because they were talking about how they needed yep. that thing, the, oh, that yep. clone or whatever. And I'm like, oh my fucking god, dude! If we get Boba Fett, I'm not finishing the show anymore. I, I think I we will, are getting Boba Fett. I will not finish the show if we get that. I, I think will we, not. We are getting this show. Boba Fett. I think it'll be Daniel Logan. Um. um. But, so, but here, here's why? my thing of Boba Fett. From Legends, he does not... I don't know where that's coming from. I don't remember a Boba Fett coming back to Kamino in Legends, other than Force Unleashed 2. I think that's what he was talking about. Maybe. He's, in, in Force Unleashed, he's hired by Vader to track Starkiller. And they just yeah, happened that's to how be we on Kamino. That's okay. how we got onto it. Because we were talk, he, they were saying, are, are they going to invent the new star killer with this new clone that they're going to try and build or whatever so, to defend them. I, I don't think so. I could see, I'm see star killer. I, I'd love to see star. Killer. I've been saying that since the beginning. I don't want to see him animated if possible. I would, I dude, I'd be okay for force Unleashed movie. I think in its own pocket in this timeline, it could work. We don't yeah, have to dude. have that. We don't have to have Rom Coda. It could be replaced by Mace Windu. We know Ooh. Samuel Jackson's been very pro. Mace is alive. Even George Lucas. It, it could fit in there. And Boba Fett's tied in that story. You can get that nice revenge in there, too. If you need it to be a thing. Or if, if, like, if you're going as far as having the second game included. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Where Boba okay. is integrated in the second game. Um, but anyway, aside from Starkiller, when they mention in this episode that... Uh, you know, Jango's cell is is depleting basically. You know they're they're yeah, running low. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're either gonna get one of the two things. You know, Omega means end. Alpha is beginning, right? Mm-hmm. In the 2003 yeah. Clone Wars, that red arc trooper is Alpha. Are we going to see okay. the very first clone come into play? Because mm-hmm. he has the strongest. Gen- genetics of Django 
Will we see him come into play, canonizing some of 2003 Clone Wars? If not all of it? Or will we see Boba? It's one of the two things. Because technically Boba is the first clone. He was the unmodified. I could see it going either way. But um, I'm leaning more towards Boba. That way we get that deleted Cad Bane scene brought back. Because I think Filoni wants to use some of those season 7 deleted scenes and integrate them into this show. So I'm thinking, okay, if Boba comes back, it'll open up with the Cad Bane scene. And how he gets the yeah. dent, and he's in the armor, and I'd I'd be okay with that, dude. It would be a one episode thing, I think. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I when when we started the show, I I said flat out, I don't need to see this story be told. I yeah. still don't think I need to see this story be told. It's gonna be told either way, regardless if I like it or not. If Boba Fett comes in, dude, I'm I'm gonna be quite upset. Dude, I feel like if Boba Fett were to come in, I feel like it would be the the most unshoehorned thing ever. Because I think it would too. I think it wouldn't yeah. be shoehorned because of the the deleted scenes. No, you no. I I agree with you. I don't think it would be shoehorned either. It would make more sense to have Boba Fett in this mm-hmm. than it would in the Mando. I think both make sense. But we'll, I mean, we've talked about Mando before yeah, hundred yeah, times. Yeah. But yeah. I, I but to agree, I do think having Boba Fett come back in this mm-hmm. would be. There, there it, it wouldn't feel shoehorned. I just don't like the character Boba Fett. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. It feels natural to have Boba Fett come in where they need this first clone, this un and if they do need an unaltered clone, because he wouldn't have the chip in it, you know. So they could easily talk to him. They could easily hire him to do whatever they to help him defend shit. And I know? think it would be I like a one episode that. appearance. So he comes in. He like I said, it opens up with that scene with the Cad Bane thing. Yep. Finishing that off, giving Filoni some closure. And then going forth, he comes to Kamino, he takes a payment for what he has to do for the Empire, and that opens that connection to why Vader hires him. Because not yeah. only do we see him in Empire, in the in the group, but we know from the comics that Vader hired Boba to find out if Skywalker down. was a son or yeah. not. Yeah. So you I, think I, they'll put... You think he'll disintegrate the Kaminoans? No, no, no. I think it'd be a very peaceful thing. I don't think we'll see him in action. I think it's just a presence thing. Then I would love to see it. Then I would be down to see it then. If it's just that, I would love to see it. I think we'll get the shootout. Yeah, then I I like the shootout. Um, Because I love Cad Bane growing up. I thought he was an absolute baller. Loved him as well. Dakari, what are your thoughts on this? Um, On Bad Batch in general and this whole Boba Fett thing? Uh well, Bad Batch I do think is a good show. Um, like you said, Max, there's moments, there's great moments, and there's moments that I do love. Um, the fact that Order sixty six itself is getting more clarity and more development and is being dwelled up upon more this time, without having seen the final season of Clone Wars, I think does work in regards to what you know my knowledge of what happened prior, you know, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that whole Boba Fett thing, you know, I have nothing against it. I think if it was just an appearance thing and not like a gradual show thing, then, you know, I'd be fine with it. You know, like you were saying, Max, you know, it would make sense for him to make a short appearance in the show, you know. 
because they're trying to do the clone thing and blah 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 all that stuff but you know i'm enjoying the bad batch so far it's a good refresh it's mm-hmm. a good refresh button because i haven't watched the clone wars in a minute so and i've been trying to do reviews for the episodic films for my youtube channel so to finally watch something outside of that you know it, it, it was something i needed um i want to go and say this too danilo um like how we're talking about the deleted stuff for Clone War, or for yeah, for Clone Wars, if we get the Cad Bane and Boba Fett fight in Bad Batch, what else is missing? The Utapau arc, and the scene where Anakin and Obi Wan are talking about Ahsoka's decision, right? Yeah, that Ahsoka. De- funny you mentioned that Ahsoka decision. Number one, someone animated that using 4D, whatever. They using the Battlefront. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think. And this is my going to be my hot take for the Kenobi series. Flashback. We're going to see it in the Kenobi series. That's what I was about yep. to say. I think we'll get that then. And that way the only thing missing is the Utapau arc. And that, I think, isn't that necessary. I don't think it, Yeah, it was just an arc. It was like, you know. So like, I you could skip like, it. I mean, yeah, I know the Boba Fett thing was supposed to be an arc as well. Who knows? Maybe it'll be thrown in. But I feel like if we get this... And we get the Ahsoka Anakin scene in Kenobi. That is Filoni truly finishing the Clone Wars. Right. He's getting all yeah. of his story told. And I'm okay with that. I yeah. Like, and he's know. on the Ahsoka show too. So he's going to finish up Ahsoka when she maybe and Rex, comes to an end in that. We know he's going to be in there too. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's one of the reasons why Tamira isn't eager to lose the weight for Boba. <laughs> yeah. Not, right. not hating Weird. on the... On the, on his, Clearly, bro. No, I'm not hating on his and his decisions or whatnot, but I'm, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be wrapped in Rex. We know Rex has gained a lot of weight in Rebels, so why not? Yeah, right, but. it should be exciting, man. Like, but I am excited for the final, the for, for him to wrap up Clone Wars. You know, as much as I don't feel I need to see it, I, I there is a part of me that says I do need to see it because this was a show you and I grew up. We all three of us grew up with. Right. We love it dearly. You know, and we know all these unfinished things, and once that's finished, we're like, you know, that that's it. We're good. Yeah. You know, our, our childhood complete. Yeah, basically. full closure. Um, closure. I do want to. I want to go ahead and mention one thing. I almost texted you about this today. Yeah, yeah. What's While up? we're on the topic of Filoni, and you brought up Ahsoka, um, yeah. I know you brought up to Dakari and I before on previous episodes how your biggest issue with Luke's appearance in the Mandalorian was that. He doesn't address who he is. Uh, to that only the the viewer knows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with the with the Ahsoka show, that's going to play into play into it. It should. I think that is, I think towards the after Ahsoka finds Ezra, if we get like one episode after that, mm-hmm, I think yeah. her motivation will be now that there's quote unquote peace. And that Ezra's back, and we have like the, the kind of the gang back together, and yeah. she's gathered her emotions. She may have some concern for Grogu, and may decide to to go after. So she's going to try to figure out where Grogu is, right, and come across Luke that way. Okay. So I think maybe, and I mean it's all speculation. We have a yeah, well yeah. over a year, God knows how long, until we see these projects play out. Yeah. Um. Maybe Luke saying he's not Luke Skywalker to these people will play out to a beneficial role. 
to that Doesn't last episode. Doesn't she know that he's Luke Skywalker, though? Who's she? Ahsoka? Ahsoka, yeah. Ahsoka doesn't know that Anakin turned back. From the Mandalorian. Oh, oh yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. She doesn't know yeah, Vader died. She, yeah, she doesn't know he has a kid. Does she? No, she doesn't know. She has well, no clue about Luke. Yeah, that see, that was weird to me. Because weren't those Galaxy of Adventure things canon? Not Galaxy of Adventure. The fucking... Forces of Destiny? Yeah, weren't those canon? Yeah. And didn't Ahsoka know that Padme was pregnant? Did she know Ahsoka? No, she, she knew about Padme the relationship. Was- that's it, that's it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it could play and do it. I mean, I don't know, man. It That bugs me. That, that'll still bug me. Um. If it does play into it, then great. Um. We'll see, though. I think that could be a, be a really big payoff to where... And, and the only reason I'm saying this is because, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a big of a deal, but I was thinking about when I was at work today. Bo-Katan's in that room. She knew Anakin. She knew Skywalker. Yeah. So if he were to say, oh, I'm Luke Skywalker, it would have clicked. It would have yeah. clicked the Bo-Katan. Oh, Skywalker, I serve Siege Mandalore, uh, all the other Mandalore arcs and Clone Wars. I, I know Skywalker. I think... Yeah. That was intentional, possibly. So maybe at the end of the show, you know, we'll see whatever planet Luke's temple's on, where the ship lands. Ahsoka, yeah. Bo, Ezra, everyone gets off. Maybe Rex, too, if Rex doesn't die. Um, and he's like, I'm Luke Skywalker. We see a reaction from Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I meant to text you about that early. I think that, that could be a that'll thing. That'll be... That's going to be weird, though, in my opinion. They would have to write it to where Ahsoka would really want to come back and get that kid. Right. You know? Well, and that's what it's based on. I I just think it could be a concern. Maybe, because I know all these shows are supposed to tie into again, kind of like an event, possibly. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Um, so maybe, battle's over, she looks at Din, and this is the first time she's seen Din since season two, mm-hmm. and she's like, Where's the kid? Did you find the Jedi? Yeah. And he's like, yes, I found the Jedi. And she's asking questions. Well, who... And, like, she's asking the questions you are. Who is this person? Who took the kid? There's other Jedi out there. Yeah. You know, she wants answers for herself as well. And he's like, I don't know. You know, (laughs) I I gave my trust into him, all this, this, this. And maybe we'll see her pursue that. I think Thrawn's going to end up with the kid. Because I do think we're going to get Thrawn in this. In these shows, we, we're for sure getting Thrawn. I just don't see Thrawn yeah. of Grogu. I don't see that being a thing. See, I do, because he was so much of the arts or whatever, you know. And it's this one species which almost no one knows. You know, we clearly know that it's a rare species. Even in in universe, they know that because Ahsoka's mm-hmm. like, I've only seen one other person of these, you know, and she's been everywhere. But I, you know, because I I don't know. It would be interesting if we. Um, if and that's we how do then see di- that? that's how. That's how Hamill come. That's how Luke comes back to try and get it. Din somehow gets wrapped up in it, so he's trying to get the kid. And Ahsoka and Ezra are going after Thrawn, so they all meet up again to go after Thrawn. But little do they know, little does Din know, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka know that it has the child. And then that's where we get it. And then they meet obviously Luke Skywalker there as well. See, that's Kinda the like, thing. They all I come don't together. think we'll get a Luke thing like that. I think we'll not again. You think it was a one-time thing? I think it was a, a one-time thing for for this, and then the end of Ahsoka, we'll see Luke standing there, played by Hamill again, um, de-aged or whatnot. Yeah. 
maybe we'll get the appearance where he has the beard, like the that lash, that crate look, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beard and whatnot. Yeah, I see them milking Skywalker until the very end of time. Dude, oh. I don't. I I just don't see it. I cannot see them milking that hood thing again. Like, don't get me wrong. I like. I know. I love the that finale, but I know why the hood is up. We know, bro. We know. But I'm saying we all know why that hood is up. We we right. know that. You know, there the technology yeah. is not there to do the de aging in that fast motion. Right. You know. Is it? Is it not though? Come on. It, it can be. I don't they think so. When you're limited amount of check. When you're when you're shifting your head that much and you're swinging a sword from all these different camera angles, I don't think it's there like that. What? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Because look at um, did you watch Gemini Man, the Will Smith movie? Oh fucking Christ, dude! I saw that in the Dollar was, Theater. I didn't see that. I, I saw that in IMAX opening night. I fell asleep on it. And you could tell something was off. Yeah, dude. So that, that's why I think we won't see the hood thing again. <laughs> I, I think we'll, we'll. I think if we see Luke, it'll be him standing or sitting and. Doing yeah. something minimal. <laughs> right. Which I'm fine with. The presence is enough for me. You know, I got my I scene. I got my my almighty. I got the thing I wanted. We know. We know, bro. But anyway, that's enough Star Wars talk. Go Let's... jerk off to the scene again. Jesus oh, Christ. Lord. I'm just kidding. Let's go ahead. I, and... I do agree with you. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and go over our rating system before we go ahead and dive into Spiral and Apocalypse Now. It's alright, I don't know the rating system. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number five. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number four. Thanks. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number three. Like you did by the lake on Naboo. Number two. Set your course for the hot system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? All right, and we're back. Um, Dakari's not going to be joining us for the, this part. He didn't get a chance to see Spiral from the Book of Saw. But let's go ahead and just dive into it. Daniel, you want to go ahead and give us your breakdown of this movie first? Dude, look how big my fucking forehead is. Jesus Christ, give me their goddamn brain. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we open up. We have a guy being held by his fucking... Oh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, of course. By his fucking tongue. And we're like, oh shit. And he gets blasted by a train. And you're like, fucking Christ, how many people are going to die in this? How many bodies am I going to rack up? More than my body count? Or more than, I don't know, dude. I thought I had a good joke, but I don't. <laughs> anyway, though, we keep on going and we see our main character, Chris Rock. And he's a detective. Dude, fuck yeah, he's a detective, dude. We go from zebra in Madagascar to a detective. I mean, that's almost a triple reverse Michael Jackson. Anyway, no pun intended. You know. BLM. Anyway, though, he, uh, we find out he's an, we find out he's an <laughs> officer and, uh, you know, he hates working with other cops because we find out early on that he ratted on a, on a dirty cop. 
Anyway, though, he gets paired up with a partner. I don't know what his name was. Do you remember his name? No. Yeah. Because he was irrelevant. Wasn't, just wasn't that the same guy who was uh, Torres in, in the Falcon Winter Soldier? No, bro. That's no? BLM, bro. BLM. BLM. BLM, bro. No, it's the, it's the guy from the social. No, stop talking. Detective. We're going to call him Detective Loki because that was the name. That was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character in Prisoners. So detect another detective is friends with Detective Zeke, which is Chris Rock. And there's these murders happening, and they go investigate, and they're like, oh, shit, bro. Is Spiral back? Or Jigsaw? That was his name, right? Jigsaw? Yeah, Jigsaw. Little unicycle boy. Yeah, they're like, oh, shit, is unicycle back? You know, fuck. Because the city has a lot of unicycles and has a lot of jigsaws happening. So they're like, oh, shit, dude. We don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Then Zeke, Chris Rock, is like, fuck, man. I hate all you motherfuckers, so this is my case. And then we find out, obviously, why everyone hates him. Because he was a rat. But his partners are always like, I got your back, dog. Be, I'm, I'm an ally. I'm an ally to you. So anyway, though, you know, they're investigating, investigating murders. And we soon find out why they're killing why they're killing the people that they're killing. This Jigsaw guy, or who we think is Jigsaw. And we find out that he's only killing alleged, or not alleged, but like corrupt and dirty cops, basically. You know, they're either lying on under oath, they're shooting innocent people. You know, basically your average Joe cop, you run at the mill. You know, they're just blowing you away, mm-hmm. firing left and right. Forgot it was your taser, pulled out your gun. You know, what can you do? Anyway, though, and this Jigsaw copycat, who they think, is just killing them. You know, brutal ways, man. Brutal ways. If, if it was me in the situation, fuck. Take death, bro. I'm not losing my tongue. I'm not losing my fingers. You know, I, I'm not severing my spine. Fuck off, dude. I'll take death. Anyway, though, we get a lot of brutal killings. Okay, you're laughing over there, Max. Tell me you wouldn't do any of those things I just mentioned. Dude, I'll, would you I'll take say death? this. I'll say this, dude. The you traps, would take death, bro. No, no, no. The traps in Spiral, um, they have much bigger consequences than the rest of the yeah. Saw movies. Um, really? So, like, um, for, for example, in Jigsaw, in, yeah. in, in the Saw films, it's a game they're playing, a consistent game, like we see Z yeah, yeah, going I got through that. it. So the traps, yeah. each player is going through multiple traps, unlike how oh, in Spiral, Christ, how it's dude. just this one person going through the trap and they're set to failure almost. Well, not set to failure, mm-hmm. but we know like they're going. To, we know there's no chance these cops getting out of the traps. Unlike yeah, because the if they films. do, they're dying of shock or loss of blood. Yeah, yeah. Unlike the Saw films, there's a chance they can get out. That's that's a little bit of an issue I have. Um, just knowing they're going to be death scenes. But it's not a bad thing because I thought they were interesting traps be- anyways. I thought the traps were cool, too. I, I'm not not against them. Mm-hmm. I just don't like seeing them. Like, I'm not... They're the reason why you, I never, yeah. Yeah, the reason why I never got into Saw was because I didn't care for that type of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think I really like this one. Um, but we'll continue on into that. Um, but with the other Saw the films, the consequences aren't as high. They're not just getting their fingers pulled out of their their hands. There's things they're surviving. So, like, I watched Jigsaw for the first time the other day, and the yeah, first yeah. trap, they're they have a bucket on their head with like holes for eyes cut out, and a yeah, chain yeah, attached yeah. to the top of the bucket, and they're being pulled towards razor blades. 
and Jigsaw is on the intercom. He's like, give me a drop of blood and you'll survive. Like, some cryptic poem, or uh, some cryptic riddle. And literally, you just have to go up, cut yourself, and you're released from that trap. Yeah. So it's all about the near-death experience with, with Jigsaw and his traps. Compared okay. to some of these. instead of, you're dying, or you're living. Well, yeah, you, you're well, doing not, that No, you're well. dead either way. Yeah, you're dead either Almost. way. My yeah, in, in a way. I'm saying, like, you're not losing a limb all the time in the Jigsaw yeah. traps. Um, there are some where you're having to lose limbs, but there's a better chance of survival, I feel like, with those. So these okay. were interesting, how they were just more, I don't want to say brutal, but they were just more, um, there's no, like, middle ground, I should Dire say. Dire consequences. There's a lot yeah, more consequences. Yeah, the, the consequences are much heavier with the uh, with spiral straps. Yeah. But I'm um, continue with your, your breakdown. Yeah, so Zeke and his little buddy over here are like, all right, we'll go find him. Anyway, Zeke comes home, and he's like, yo, Dad, you know, who's Samuel L. Jackson? And he's like, Samuel L. Jackson's like, you motherfucker, you're a waste of life, kill yourself. You know, I was a great cop back in my day, so, you know, you're a fucking piece of shit. Anyway, though, he go, he leaves halfway through the movie. We don't know where he goes, but he goes, does his detective work. Everyone who Zeke works with, Chris Rock's character works with, is corrupt, basically. Almost everyone. Mm-hmm. The only person who isn't is him, who's not getting, like, put into a torture chamber. But you could have taken every any officer from that precinct, lit them the fuck up, and Jigsaw, or saw what Jigsaw, whoever they thought at the time, would be like, oh, yeah, dude, he deserved it. Anyway, though, we keep on going. He finally breaks the case. Um, he has to go to a warehouse because his dad's missing, and that's where he found out his dad was. So he goes there. And he's like, oh, shit. No, he gets taken, doesn't he? He gets taken. That's yeah. what he did. He gets taken by by who we think is a new, a copycat Jigsaw, right? That was the guy's name, a Jigsaw? The yeah. tricycle by guy? Yeah, we think he, so he gets taken. And so he sees another cop there. His, the person who he ratted on, the cop that he ratted on, we see him there, and he's getting glass just shot at him. But we know Chris Rocks is a good character. He's a good detective, so he saves him. You know, he didn't have to, but he does save him. Um, so then he keeps on going throughout this abandoned warehouse, and you're like, oh shit, what's happening here? Who's really controlling this? Where's the new Jigsaw guy? And next up we see is his dad, and his dad's being held up, and we're like, oh my god, what the fuck's happening? Anyway, though, he meets the main guy who he thought was the copycat Jigsaw, but it's not a copycat Jigsaw. It was his partner. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. His partner was a kid when nah, this is gonna be hard to explain because i'm not gonna explain this so the cop that hang on back when chris when detective zeke was a rookie he ratted on a veteran cop because mm-hmm. the veteran cop shot a witness that witness's son witnessed that well young detective zeke saved him he said don't say anything just hide that young kid grew up to be Detective Zeke's partner now. So he's obviously younger than Chris Rock's character. You know, by, what, 10, 15 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really see that in the well, movie. He but says like he was 12 when he was younger, so I'm assuming yeah, so 10 12. years. I'll was, I was assume 10. Okay, so yeah, like 10 years. And so he wanted to get on the force, and he wanted to be Zeke's partner because he wanted to help him. Because loyalty matters to him. And that's what he said. And that's what Zeke said, too, in the beginning. He said, you have to be loyal to me, and I'll be loyal to you. And so that's what uh, the other detective was doing. He was being loyal because he said, I will always have your back. And he did. And that's why he was killing the corrupt cops. Because Zeke killed a corrupt cop as well. 
Anyway, though, he blames Samuel L. Jackson's character, Zeke's dad, for causing all this chaos that happened and how the police force really turned bad and corrupt. And so he was killing his dad. He was draining his blood from him. And um, Zeke said, you know, he told Zeke, you can either join me and live and just shoot the bullet at the sky or you can shoot me and your dad dies. You know, one of the, you have to have a choice. Well, the SWAT team's storming in now because they're like, we know Chris, Chris Rock made the call. He's like, give me backup. Everyone's going there. And he pointed. So what happened at the end was Zeke shot the fucking target up in the sky. His dad was saved. Big fucking whoop. The SWAT team broke in. Big fucking whoop. And who escapes? His partner escapes. The partner who was pretending to be Jigsaw and killing corrupt cops. But he doesn't call himself Jigsaw. He's he's just a cop who's killing corrupt cops, which makes him a bad cop. And he escapes, and that's how the film ends, basically. Well, so, you yeah. forgot that uh, Samuel Jackson's character is pulled back up into the air. And then oh, um, yeah, with the puppet strings, he, he has well. to pull... I don't want to spoil that. Okay, okay we're not getting to it. Anyways. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought that reveal was cool, like how he got, you know, like you just mentioned. I thought it was cool how he got, you know. So... I thought that was cool. I want to go ahead and say, I loved this. All right. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings out there. For whatever reason, I'm not... I don't, I'm not getting behind too many of them. Um, but I'll tell you why I love this. For the first time in a Saw film, I care about the protagonist. So in Being every Chris Saw Rock's movie... Character. What'd you say? Be, being Chris Rock's character, Zeke. Yes, yeah. You care about him. Okay. So in all the Saw movies, there's two storylines you're following. You're following a group during the game... And you're following the antagonist. Uh, mainly being John Kramer. But John Kramer does get killed off at the end of three. Four, we deal with the after effects of his death. And we see Tobin Bell, who plays John Kramer in every Saw movie. Even in flashbacks, after he dies. Even in Jigsaw. But this is the one movie where we don't see him in there. Which is interesting. But we, we see this oh, constant... I should... Go ahead. I forgot to mention real quick. I don't want to interrupt you, but if you haven't seen any of the soft movies, you don't need to see them to watch this. You may get more taken away from it, you know, because I, I think you did. Yeah, but I've yeah, never yeah. seen a single soft franchise, and I and I enjoyed this as well. But yeah, keep going. Um, what, what's interesting though is like I was saying, you do have a group playing the game that uh, John Kramer, who is Jigsaw, set up, and then you see. Okay. The detective's going against it, and it cuts to, to, to John as well, handling certain things. But in this one, it's more interesting how we're just getting the point of view from Zeke. And, you know, we do get yeah, those yeah. scene cuts of people during the traps, but it's his story overall. Because in okay. all eight of these Saw movies, like, yeah, the first... Okay, I'll put... On, in seven of the Saw movies, from Saw 2 upwards, I don't care about the people playing the game at all. As far they're as indisposable. The cop, they're disposable. They're very indisposable. The only character that's yeah. not is Amanda because she's reoccurring throughout the series. Okay. Um, and the only Amanda, bro. cop character I cared about was Eric Matthews from Saw Two because again he is reoccurring in some of them. And two, he like he goes missing, and we see him come back later on. So I just okay. think it's very interesting how this one decided to go ahead and step away from the formula. Of how the movies are are written and handled by sticking yeah, yeah, yeah. with following Chris Rock, and I think that's okay. why people are upset about it 
because there's less of that gory, like the gore mm-hmm. porn people call it, and mm-hmm. there's more plot to this. That's exactly what I've heard. My friend loves saw one two what to whatever fucking jigsaw loves all of them. Mm-hmm. She said she loved it. She said she loves that type of horror. That's what she gets off on. Great fucking whoop. She said she hated this because there wasn't enough of it. She's like, where were all the interesting killings? Where was all the gruesomeness? You know, where was that? And I've heard that from other people too. I have another buddy at work who were saying the exact same thing. He's like, I love the first saws. This one just didn't have, you know, the killings and the and the gore porn, like you said. You know, they're like, why are we focusing on the detective work? You know. So that's that's why I like this one, man. It's so interesting that's- to me just because it is finally. Like I said, like I was telling you, a breath of fresh air for this franchise. I've yeah. seen it eight times. In none of the Saw movies, I like two. I like three a lot. I think four is good. Uh, four, five. No, no, five, six, and seven are garbage. So is Jigsaw's garbage. Uh, but they all have good moments. I'll give them yeah. that. But, but that's the thing. you got to reinvent something after you just milked it. They, for- exactly. This yeah. isn't a franchise where it's like, we're, we're kind of like Star Wars in comparison, where I'm okay with it playing the same formula for certain movies. This is something yes. where I feel like a formula, a, a change of formula, cannot hurt at all. Yeah, and it can do more good, good than harm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now I want to again say something about the the antagonist. He doesn't really have a name. We'll call him. We'll call him Spiral for the sake of it. Okay. Um, yeah. So you were talking about during your breakdown, the little, the little boy in the tricycle. Yeah. So I know you haven't seen the films. But I know that's the icon for. That that's in the all he is. Yeah. The icon. Yeah. So John Kramer, John Kramer, played by Tobin Bell, is the Jigsaw killer. They're the same person. Yeah. I, he I doesn't call himself Jigsaw. That's just a title the police put on him. But he never shows his face. So when he plays his tapes, and he'll have a TV with the tape going on, it's the puppet talking. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's just the mascot for the series. However, what he does, and what you see throughout his films, his followers, what they do when they go to kidnap people to put into the games, they wear a pig mask. They put a pig head on them. So I thought it was... Extremely interesting because the first thing you think when you think of Saw, Billy the puppet, that's the puppet's name, Billy. You think yeah. of him, and then you think of Jigsaw himself, and then the Pighead, which I think they just call him Pighead. I thought yeah. it was so cool that we're giving the pig mask a forefront in this yeah. show. The absolute See, coolest thing to me. I thought that. I, I didn't know that. The reason why mm. I thought there was a Pighead was because when you refer to a cop, who are dirty, you refer them as pigs. And that's why he did it to mock them. No, no, it is a thing in Saw. Okay. But that's see, it's someone who doesn't... See, see, it's someone who doesn't know the franchise, though, and mm-hmm. just knows film. You can also make that assumption or guess, you know? Yeah, you can. I agree with that, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, maybe that was the intention in the Saw franchise, originally. Because he does mock several cops, Throughout his his games going on, so maybe that is okay. Um, but I just thought it was the coolest thing to go ahead and, and give that the forefront for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I didn't know that. Now that's even cooler. And, and one other thing that some of the soft films do is 
they'll go ahead and certain ones will play out of order, if that makes sense. Um, there'll be tons of flashbacks kind of adding on to the layers of the, of the bullshit story they set up. So yeah. how it starts with, uh, with, with John Kramer. He's not, he's not a killer. He's never killed. He is a, he's a cancer patient who has a near, he attempts suicide and has a near death experience after his wife has a miscarriage. He, he's diagnosed with cancer. And so his near death experience has taught him to appreciate life. What little life he has left on this earth. So he wants other people the, the scum of the earth to experience the same appreciation for life. So he puts yeah. them in these traps so they will lose a finger but re- appreciate life. So it's a live or die situation because they need that experience. Yeah. But throughout the each movie there's this bullshit twist and once eventually they get to his followers after John Kramer's dead it's always Oh well, this person happened to be his neighbor. That was the connection. Yeah, I remember I watched. Go ahead. Jigsaw was with the the end of Jigsaw was with the collars and the blue lasers pointing up, right? Yeah. Which one? That was, was the I, the that guy was that who twist. accidentally did his X-ray wrong. Yeah, dude. Like the fuck. But in yeah. like four, five, six, in in Jigsaw or seven in Jigsaw, they're all just people that happen to know him. They're yeah. bullshit twists. So I thought it was refreshing to to have a twist where it's involving Zeke and stepping away from everything's connected to Jigsaw. And now we have a follower who's just inspired by him. Not that yeah. I saw him at the grocery store one day and I felt like kidnapping people and making them choose if they want to live or die. So I thought yeah. this was a much, much, much needed bre- uh, fresh of breath air with these aspects to this franchise in general. Okay. Um, do you, I want to, there's one other thing I want to go ahead and mention, um, but I want to hear more of your thoughts first. Okay. So I have, like I said, I have no, I have no interest in seeing this off franchise. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. This was my most anticipated movie of 2020. And I got pushed back 2021 because it looked like seven, the movie seven with Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. I need That's to watch what it looked that like. still. It looked great fucking movie. David Fincher looked like a, the, what's in the fucking box? It looks like a detective movie, <laughs> and I like detective movies. I like The Untouchables. I like this. You know, I, I just like detective-type movies when it focuses around a cop trying to find something. That's always interesting. You said that was Seven's David Fincher? Yeah. You know, I, I just watched uh, my first David Fincher film the other day, um, Holland watched Drive. It. Okay. You didn't watch The Social Network? That is David. Yeah, I did see that. Okay, you're right. Yeah, come on, man. It's oh. a lot. It's weird. There's a lot of David Fincher movies you don't know that are David Fincher movies. That's interesting. Okay, but yeah, I watched Mahalan Drive today for the first time. Maybe we'll like it. Talk about that at another point. Very mixed feelings. Interesting. So anyway, that's what really made me really excited to see this. Like, it's a cop face face focused movie, and they're in, they're investigating the new saw or the new whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool to me. So great. I'm already there. I'm sitting there. I'm loving it, dude. I'm loving this. And Chris Rock, fucking let's go, baby. His <laughs> acting skills, great. I'm so happy he took he did something serious. And when he needed to be lighthearted, because he cracked jokes a lot throughout this thing, which I thought were fucking funny. The whole yeah. theater, my theater, my like 30 people in the theater were, were laughing, dude. Oh, yeah. They we found were him cracking the hell up the whole time, too. 
Yeah, dude. Great fucking... He's a great actor. Underrated. But I'm happy he's now getting into the serious light. I hope he gets more serious roles going forward. Because I think this proved that... Yes, he can be a, your zebra from Madagascar. But he can be serious when he needs to. Just like uh, turn it Uncut on. Gems was for Adam Sandler. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Dude, is this movie as good as Uncut Gems? No fucking way. No, no, no. But it shows, it shows that the actor can be serious. John C. Riley's the exact same way as well. Yeah, the sisters' stepbrothers the or the sisters', sisters brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stan and Ollie was phenomenal. I'm not sure if you watched that. My dad has. My dad wants to see that. I've been meaning to get it for him because so he grew up with them watching that. But yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying this movie. I think the deaths are fine. I think the motivations there. I guessed it right off the bat. I'm like, okay, there's either two people that are killing it. It's not his dad because that's a red herring in film. It's either his partner, but I don't know why it's his partner. Or the captain. It's one of those two. That's who I thought was doing the killing. When the captain died, I'm like, okay, it's the partner. You know, that's when I'm like... Because I thought to myself... Because even though there, he faked his death, you know, his partner... Charlie, that was his name. Nope, that was the kid's name. When Spiral <laughs> faked his death, his partner... I'm like, yeah, that that's not... Ha- that's, that wasn't him. He either put a tattoo on someone else... Or, you know, something else. Well, he's skinned alive, you know? I didn't think I that. was like... You okay? See, I was like, "There's something up with this new guy." Because there's no way the movie starts out where someone just randomly gets assigned a partner to someone who doesn't want a fucking partner. And knowing these types of movies, I assumed it was him. Dude, when I saw the tattoo, that was the the thing for me. It was just the tattoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm watching. I, I enjoyed this movie. I should say I really did. I, do I think it's Oscar worthy? No. Do I think it's a good, cool time at the theater? If you like detective movies, yeah, one thousand percent. If you like the spiral, if you like the saw movies, I still think it's worth your watch. But the one thing that irritated me, and the thing that's a great example for this film is, a director can either make or break a film, mm-hmm. and this director killed his chance with this movie because th- there were times in this movie. Where the camera didn't need to be handheld. There were times in this movie where the camera didn't need to shake. There were times in this movie where the camera just needed to hold on the character to get that serious moment. I don't know if Saw... Because it felt to me like for once in its life, besides the first one, Saw was trying to take itself seriously. Yes, yes. And I'm like, so why are we doing weird camera movements here? And that's just me because, you know, I would like to be a director one day. But the, the best example of it... I don't know what it was. Chris Rock goes to his car. He's upset. You know? And I'm a sucker for these scenes. When they go to the car and they shake the steering wheel, they're punching the steering wheel, they're punching the roof of their hood of their car because they're pissed. Mm-hmm. You know? And the camera just holds on that. And you hear him scream. The camera and the audio, for some reason, just started to shake around and, like, to see that, to kind of show that the car was moving and his audio was... Mi- what? That's a saw thing. No, I know it's a saw thing, yeah. but th- it, it didn't need to be a saw thing there. I'm fine with that fast editing when we get to the killings. I get that. You know, where we do the real quick mm-hmm. jump cuts and we see all the chains moving. That that That's the saw aesthetic. I get that. But to, keep your, to take yourself one more level up. This is nitpicky, but to take yourself one more level up. To show that you're serious about this franchise. To show that this is a new type of way you're going in this franchise. Just hold the camera when it needs to be held. And that's it. That, that, that was my biggest complaint for this movie. That was... 
It didn't. That's bug my me. biggest complaint. I thought things like that kept it a saw movie compared yeah. to having all the different things um, broken up. One one thing I'll go ahead and say about Jigsaw. There's a twist in Jigsaw where it's they kind of fake out reveal that Jigsaw's alive because they do this thing where in Saw 2 the big twist is that the game that we're currently seeing that we're expected that is taking place the same time as we're seeing this other storyline is the yeah. same time but it happened weeks prior. It just being okay. shown to us like it's the same time. Jigsaw okay. does the same thing. But with all the flashbacks in the Saw, they have this really ugly green tint on them. Like a filter. Oh, like I, hate, I hate when they do that. I hate when they do but that, it's, yeah. It's just how you know it's a flashback for Saw. It's a staple. Yeah, Jigsaw I got it. didn't do that. So it's fake out reveal that, that Kramer was alive worked. It had I I gasp and it's an awful movie. Okay. It's like a half yeah. star for me, dude. It's bad. It's like what fourteen on Rotten Tomatoes or some shit. It's bad. Yes, yeah, it's it's bad, dude. Yeah. And so like when that scene came up, I was like, "There's no filter. He's really here," you know. So one thing I will say that where this movie does stick the formula towards the ending half of the the reveal, it, we know it's that time period. We know it's not a fake out. But they did throw the filter on for a couple scenes or a couple shots. For Spiral. Yeah, for Spiral. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's kind of neat. We, It's not a fake out or a flashback, but just because it's a dim lit area, it kind of works better here. Yeah. To keep in and there was one that more touch. Oh. I and w- to go on with directing, though, they did do a good job with directing because when you think about the flashbacks that Zeke had mm-hmm. and the people had when he did shoot that corrupt cop, when Zeke shot the corrupt cop, it was a different camera angle. It was his point of view. When he was explaining it to uh, his partner, who, you know, then turns into the spiral the spiral killer, we see his flashback, but you don't know it's his flashback. And the camera angle that you see it as is the door. The mm-hmm. doorway. You know, and I thought that was cool. I thought, you know what? That's a small attention to detail, but it's still a detail you had to write in and you had to execute it in. Yeah. You know, that's just me being a nerd for how, how you know, y- your camera angles make sense in a film. But yeah, overall, I man, I, I enjoyed this film. I, like, I had no problem with this film. I, I gave it, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I, I think we, it was worth my money. Before we get to the ratings, I want to mention one thing I also really loved about the film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know this has been a passion project for Chris Rock. He's wanted to do this for a long time. Yeah, dude. Good for um, him, bro. Yeah, bravo, dude. I fucking adored this. But what made it even better for me, I know you're paying attention to those camera things. There's some inspiration from Tarantino in this, which, you know, I'm Tarantino's my favorite director. Um, I don't know, know, bro. I don't know who wrote this, but the opening scene where um, Zeke is discussing Forrest Gump. Almost the same monologue from Reservoir Dogs, where um, Tarantino, Mr. Orange, is talking about Like a Virgin, Madonna song. So I thought yeah. that was extremely well written. It cracked me up. It brought a smile to my dude. face. Because yeah. right away, hearing that, that line, I'm like, damn. Th- this dude is also a fan. And it stapled. You know, I was like, eh, it could be a stretch or whatever. But you know what? Later on down the line, I knew for a fact the person who, a writer or someone on set, is a Tarantino fan. And because there's yeah. a nice little Easter egg, just like how Captain America, the Winter Soldier, 
did um, with faking out Nick Fury's death on the gravestone of Nick Fury. There's Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Well, yeah. in this movie, um, you know that's the the safe room under the police station where the the captain is burned alive. Yeah, yeah. On yeah, the yeah. door of that safe, the brand is Jules and Vincent. Pulp Fiction. I noticed that. I, I was yeah. trying to put that together. I'm like, huh? But yeah, no, I got that. I thought yeah, that was yeah. such that was cool. a nice little touch. It's like you got Sam L. Jackson in the movie, and you have a nice little nudge to the writing style of Tarantino. I was like, that that really made me happy right there. Yeah. Seeing that connection. But um let's let's go ahead and, and go into the ratings. Um what do you what do you rate this film, Danilo? Uh Naboo going on to the next one. Uh, whatever the course on best bin three that's three and a half right yeah yeah Naboo going on the uh, best bin um at the character development was there the story was there it's just that directing that killed me because it needed to be serious in some parts but that's just me you know like you said it didn't bother you but that's just me shout out to Twenty One Savage obviously what a fucking legend oh, for doing to this mention song that that song was pretty good actually <laughs> dude to, okay every Twenty One Savage song is good most I don't like a lot of his earlier stuff. Really, I don't. I'm not a big fan of a uh, Slaughter Gang. Really, I, I like a couple songs, but I'm saying like, a, a, as an album, I do not like it compared to Iza or I Am I Was. Really, that's funny, man. That's I think this is a fantastic album, actually. That's a pretty good album. I like the new one he just put out, uh, Savage Mode Two. I, I forgot he even put Freeman. that out, dude. Forgot about that. Morgan Freeman in that. Let's go, baby. But yeah, I, the characters are there. I, I love Chris Rock being serious. I thought that was great. His partner did a good job as well. Um, it's a shame we don't know his name. Do we both have phones here? Yeah, we could look it up, but we're too lazy here at Galaxy of Film. So yeah, uh, Nebu going on to Bestman for me. Um, for me, it would be a solid Bestman. Um, I I did originally have this as a Nabu going to, uh, to Coruscant. But looking, having a week to think about this. Nabu going to Bestman? No, a Naboo, or a Bespin going to Coruscant, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Having a week to think about this, I decided to just keep it a flat Bespin. Um, because, yeah, it does stick to formula, don't get me wrong, but part of me really wishes we had a stupid, cheesy flashback to Kramer. Bruh. Dude, I'm just saying, part of me, part of me, okay? Bruh. I had it already, you know, it I is what it is. I would have liked to see Tobin Bell, he's getting up there in age. Um, yeah. If we get a sequel to Spiral, maybe throw it in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big question. You think we're going to get a sequel? I don't think we're getting a sequel because Saw X was announced, Saw 10. Okay. So I don't think we're going to get the continuation of Spiral. When the hell did Saw X get announced, dude? It was before, it was like after that second trailer for Spiral dropped. Do you think they're combining them? Possibly, yeah. Do you think we're gonna see? Okay, That's I could see that. I could see a combination thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, which I do think we're getting a spiral sequel because because some of the other um, Saw storylines they would combine sequels if that makes sense. Okay. So like a character goes missing in one movie, we won't see him again for three movies, and it will interact with a different character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe they'll take it that route. That'd be kind of neat to see. Um, but I don't think we'll get. Spiral 2. I don't think so either. Yeah. 
I think we're going to get a continuation of the story in one way or another, but I don't think it'll be called Spiral 2. Yeah, overall, for me, it's the best one. I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of this. Um, and, yeah, I'm picking this up physically when it comes out. You know? Wow. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get you. I get you. You have all the spirals, bro. You you like the no, I don't have any. I, I only you. have the first one. I have the rest of them digitally because I'm not, I'm not buying eight films for... Yeah, that's for the same fucking shit. Dude, you're... Okay. Your camera is completely pixelated on this end. You are frozen in the whole top half of your screen. That's weird, dude. Am yeah, I frozen on Anyways, my no. <laughs> no anyways, yeah, that's my rating for uh, for Spiral, a Saw story. Or from the book of Saw, a Spiral. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Saw story, dude, isn't the, the Snake Eyes movie, Snake Eyes, a G.I. Joe story? Is that real? It's not a G.I. Joe story, but it's like a G.I. Joe origin or something, they call it. You're real fucking uh, Let me see if I can... Let me, yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick, bro. And then I have to take, like, five minutes to just go piss my fucking brains out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my bad, dude. I came unprepared to the podcast today. Where's the fucking poster, you goddamn homos? Okay. Snake, okay. I don't need a moving poster, bro. Just show me the poster. It's called Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins. Jesus. Anyways, that's that's our review of Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, you want to take another break, it sounds like? Dude, give me like two minutes. I have to piss. All right, we'll be right back, and we'll be discussing Apocalypse Now. My favorite movie of all time. Oh, hi, Mark. All right, and we're back from our second break. Now we're talking about Francis Coppola's Apocalypse Now. Daniel, this is your your favorite film of all time, correct? Yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. So I want you to do the, go ahead and do the honors. Give us the uh, the breakdown yet again. <laughs> I Okay, first of all, I've never heard anyone call him Francis Coppola. They've always added Ford in the middle, dude. So that, that was really new to me that, that you just called him <laughs> Francis Coppola. That was actually really weird. I, I didn't know who you were talking about for a second. <laughs> anyway, though, yeah. This movie opens up with a nice... Uh, nice thing of palm trees and we're like oh wow that's a nice little set Mm -hmm. and then we see napalm just being fucking blasted down bombs being blasted down and we start hearing the helicopter noise and we're like oh shit where are we vietnam but the then the hell then the helicopter sound turns into the fan and you're like wow nice editing there francis anyway though it's charlie not who is it charlie sheen martin sheen martin sheen yeah, so he's just there. He's chilling. He's uh, he already did his tour in Vietnam, but now he has to go back because he gets a nice call from his little buddies, Harrison Ford and another little pipsqueak, and they're like, "Hey, listen, dog, you're gonna have to uh, go back and kill Colonel Kurtz because Colonel Kurtz has fallen off the deep end." And then he, and then he's like, "Really, dude? Come on, man. How how bad is he?" And then he's like, "We can't say, but if you see him, take him the fuck out." And then uh, Sheen's all like, "God damn it! Fuck! What was his name, dude?" I know this movie. It was Kurtz, and what was his name? Willard. Willard. Yeah, that was it. Willard. Willard had to go there. So he goes to Vietnam. He he's really, really wants to go. He's having PTSD from Vietnam. Who isn't having PTSD from Vietnam? You know, at that point in time in the world. So anyway, he goes there, and he's like, so he has to get his, together his team. He gets a few young youngsters in the group. Chef Clean, and there was another guy. What was his name? Forgot. Lance. Lance, Lance that was, yeah, Lance, the surfer, the surfer, yeah. So yeah. he goes there, and he has to endure all these trials, you know. He's like, oh, fuck. 
anyway, he gets out there and and he gets to the war. And we see a nice little cameo with uh, Francis Ford Coppola there telling him to keep on moving because he's filming something. I knew that was him. Anyway, though, we see our nice our, our nice admiral. Fuck it. What's his name? I'm bad with names. Robert Duvall. Was it Robert Duvall who played him? I forgot. I forgot the character's name though. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> I know he he was someone. He was someone cool. Um. Anyway though, he's he's the real clown of the group. You know he 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 keeps it nice and lighthearted out in Vietnam, and they start they keep going. He said, you know, we'll make camp here. You know, and uh, uh, Willard's all like, all right, thanks, dog. And then he uh, the other captain is all like, uh, can you go out there and surf? And he's like, what the fuck, man? I don't know. And then we get the most iconic line of I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then they go bomb more uh, Cambodians by playing uh, the Ride of the Valkyries. Great classical music choice there, Francis. Great classical music choice. And they're just getting lit the fuck up. You know, this is Vietnam and we're America. So we just start blowing everyone to smithereens, whether they're shooting at us or not. Um, we keep on going there. It's time to depart with from our from our little captain there who wanted uh him to take a little his surfboard out there on the waves. So he keeps on going. They run into a jungle. They meet a tiger. Uh, then we get to a nice little party show because they have to stop somewhere. And little little uh, playboys come out for the for the Vietnam boys, which was nice, you know. They get them get them a little wet, you know, get their little willies wet. Nice little Not touched, but wet. So they're out there and they're enjoying the Playboys. Everyone's like, "Can I get a beer? Have some darts? You know, just relax for once in Vietnam." We right. keep on going after that. The Playboys leave. The Playboy girls leave because obviously these men just wanted to absolutely bang them all. We keep on going and now we get to the war again. Shit's just flying. You know, who's the commanding officer? All that shit. Shut the fuck up. You know, all that good old stuff. We keep on. We get past that. We keep on going, we get to, the, they see a little transportation. Back in the day with Vietnam, you know, we knew that Vietnam natives would help the Viet Cong by hiding shit and everything. So when the U.S. came there, they had to make sure that that wasn't happening. So they would always check the boats, and so they went to go check the boat. Well, there was no bad things on this boat, but the clean was just like, just blew them all the smithereens anyway. Dogs were on the fucking boat and, and rice, so that was it. Clean has an unfortunate accent where he gets shot, so fuck. Um, he's dead. So now it's just basically Kurtz and uh, Willard and the other guy and the surfer. And so they finally make it to Colonel Kurtz's camp, and they can just tell as soon as they get there, bro, shit has hit the deep end. Oh, my bad, my bad. We take a step back real quick. Did we see French people in this cut? We didn't. We saw a camp, right? And it was raining there, didn't we? Not in, a the, not in a theatrical cut, no. no. Was it the camp that we saw, or did we see the French people? We go to the bridge. Yeah, we went no, straight after to the, the bridge. bridge. What do we see after the bridge? Or we did, or do we instantly get to Kurtz's compound after that? We go to I the compound. Okay, so we go to Kurtz's compound. My bad for the listeners out there. There's four yeah. fucking. There's three fucking cuts of this. One just has everything thrown in it, and the final cut just came out a while ago. So we get to Kurtz's compound. You instantly tell that shit has just hit the fan here. You know, everyone looks like a, a, a tribal native looking like something right straight out of Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It reminded like, me of um, that movie, The Green Inferno, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like some cannibal, okay. some cannibal Yeah, home. cannibalism. They look like cannibals and shit like that. Um, so they're like fucking off. The, and they're American soldiers. So you're like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, what has Kurtz done to these just native, to these American average Joe U.S. Army citizens? 
people. You find out Kurtz has gone off the deep end. We see where the title comes from, Apocalypse Now. You know, people are holding up Colonel Kurtz as a god. Everyone is. Willard goes there and he's like, he talks to Kurtz and Kurtz, and Kurtz is saying, listen, man, you're either going to kill me or I'm going to survive. Either way, you're dying, either metaphorically or physically, which we get to at the end. Anyway, though, Colonel Kurtz, uh, Willard gets locked up. And who do we see? We see the surfer guy's head. God, no, we see Chef's head. My bad. We see the Chef's head. God damn. Colonel Kurtz just absolutely decapitated him. Well, I guess his people did. Anyway, though, he keeps on uh, saying his speech to everyone. He's like, you can either join me or once again, die mentally and kill me and die or kill me and then also die. Then we see his surfer buddy. He gets really up entangled in the um, Colonel Kurtz camp. He goes off the deep end too. It's a nice little evening. It's starting to rain. We get the doors. This is the end song plan. And now it's it's time for Willard to make a choice. Kill and execute your mission or die. Either way, you will not be the same. And so he goes there. And he gets out. And he goes. There's a lot of slaughtering that's going on. They're having a nice little festival, it looks like. They're killing an ox. Colonel, Kurt, Colonel uh, Willard goes up to Kurtz. And he kills him. And he gets out of the camp. He takes his friend who came off, who went off the deep end back onto the ship. And he goes home. But he's not going home the same anymore. And then we hear the last three words of the film. The horror. The horror. The horror. From Kurtz. And then you're supposed to get credits in an 80s song. But Max had a different experience. So yeah, yeah that there was, was the film. no no credits. Dude, Kari had the same experience. There was no credits. The theatrical no. cut, no credits. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. That's probably because they want you to watch Redux on that film, on that, and not the OG one, which is weird. But Redux is you... the second option. Well, that's probably when the credits are, because they, they, they probably think you're gonna watch both of them. I guess would be the better, if that makes sense. Because if guess, you watch but it on the, H- the piracy thing came up. See, that's weird, man. That's, that's why I texted you immediately, and I was like, what the fuck? Is this the end of the movie? Because it was like, it was a horror, and then it, black, one, two, and, you know, the anti-piracy, like, four screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the weirdest thing. But yeah, that's the film. That's what happened. Yeah, because um, at, at the end, there's the 1979 copyright tag, Omnizeotrope, and I figured that was the end of the movie. Well, yeah, I did too, but it really took me out of the movie not to hear the credits so I can take a minute to reflect on what I just watched. Yeah, I considering really... that was a lot to take in. Yeah, that, and it was just, it really threw me off. I was like, what the fuck? Like, immediately, uh, Danilo, I texted you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember, I really, dude. I honestly really like the fact that there's no credits in this movie because it allows you to fully digest the experience. Before I didn't and after. digest shit. <laughs> <laughs> you had to, like, turn the sound down. Yeah, to, I don't know. But yeah, that was a film. This has been my favorite film of all time. So please explain to me the different cuts. Because I know we talked about like a Blade Runner. Um, there was what, the, the Pegasus or the, the, the Unicorn cut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there's the final cut. Uh, so Even last yeah. episode of Donnie Darko, we were discussing different cuts. So tell us the, the three or four different cuts for Apocalypse Now. So the three cuts are... <sighs> Theatricals, Tiger, Boat, um, uh, fucking Napalm in the Morning, 
mm, what's the thing that comes up? And, and they should have been. I don't know why. Because I watched the theatrical cut in school. There should have been where he goes for like 10 minutes. He goes to talk to another commanding officer to tell him where Colonel Kurtz is located. That's and it's bridge, raining. No, it's, is it daytime there? No, it's, it's raining. But is it daytime? No. Yeah, see, there's a where it's raining. And I, because I know we watched that cut, because the final cut wasn't out yet, and I know we didn't, I know for a fact our teacher didn't watch, give us a three and a half hour movie to watch. But it's not, so there's a cut where it's raining, which is, should be the theatrical cut. Maybe they cut it out completely from the discs, but it's raining, and he goes to, uh, Willard C talks to one officer for 10 minutes, telling him that's where Colonel Kurtz is, beyond the bridge. And that's it. That should be the theatrical cut. The Redux cut, then, is everything. It's the raining sequence, and it's also where they go see the French sequence, where they go to see a French house, which lasts for 20 minutes. And when they go see a French house, they go see a nice French lady and a nice French family, and they give the, they give Clean a burial. That's why you don't see Clean's body anymore in this. Okay. You know? They right. give Clean a burial, and there's a lot of French people, they have nice dinner, think he because this is in the final cut too he has i think he sleeps with like the because he's like a king you know because in vietnam you got a hundred dollars you're a king basically so he's he's in a he's a french guy there and i think he sleeps with the french guy's wife uh sheen does okay and so you see all that and then in the reader and then in the final cut you see that as well, and there's one thing taken out of the final cut is the the French scene goes on for even longer than it should have been. We in the final cut you don't have the rain sequence anymore. Mm. You have the French scene. So yeah. What's the what's the difference in time with the cuts? Uh, the yeah. final cut is 183 minutes, and the Redux is 202 minutes. And then yeah, and the original cut is your two hours and a half. It's one hundred fifty-three. Jesus, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So the Redux has everything in there. If you want your full Apocalypse Now experience, that's it. Oh, and the 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 the, the difference then in the final cut is you don't have the conversation again between Willard and Kurtz. Because oh. remember when Willard's in that, that little box thing? Yeah, he's, he's in not in the cage, but he's in like like almost like a cellar looking thing. Yeah. Like a sewage pipe. Yeah. Yeah, that's not in the final cut. Oh, man. That was, man. So that's taken out of the final cut. It's not a lot that changes. Like, there are, the scenes are still there. It's just how much they get cut down. But the French thing's the biggest one. The French thing, which is like 30 minutes. Or 25 to 30 minutes is in the redux and the final cut but it's not in the og one so which which would you recommend recommend yeah yeah the sure. original the theatrical mm -hmm. cut the theatrical cut i think you get the most out of it because when i watched the french one uh the the final cut because that came out in theater like two years ago when i watched that i was taken out of it maybe because mm -hmm. i never saw it but i'm like yeah, this fits his narrative of the heart of darkness, but it, it it doesn't at the same time. You know, by seeing Clean get a proper mm -hmm. burial, mm -hmm. 
that shows that there's still niceness in this world. That there are still people who are willing to go out of their way to do something nice. Okay. Yes, he still kills Colonel Kurtz at the end. But it shows that it the, the savages and the uh the 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 civilized basically like they're still civilized in the savages yeah. so it really gives a different aspect of it you know and that's what this book's based on it's based on the heart of darkness uh where someone has to go in like africa a slaver has to go into africa and get his boat from the other guy from a from a, a colonel kurtz basically mm-hmm. and he has to go through seeing uh african americans a- africans there and they're called savages you know, and so he has to endure that. And when he gets finally to the end of the thing, he kills that colonel in the book and takes over as like the new the new leading officer there because he likes the power he's obtained. You know, have so you read the book? On, read the dude. <laughs> I don't read. It's like five hundred pages. It's 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 thick. I just I was fucking with you. Yeah, yeah, but no. Uh, so that's what it's based on. Yeah, just more backstory about this movie it was an atro- it was an atrocity to film what okay was it yeah yeah it, he had a heart attack on set francis no sheen oh yeah their film that like they're uh, the budget just is through the fucking roof at this point <laughs> it's raining like that's where the rain scene comes in they filmed when it was raining well they it's like they didn't finish that scene because it was a monsoon of rain like, they're drenched oh. in rain. You know? So, there's that. They're over budget. There's so many production problems with it. You know, Coppola can't get money to finish it anymore. Sheen has a heart attack on it. People are fainting. It's boiling hot. You know, people are getting eaten alive by the bugs. Continuity, all that shit. So, yeah. It was it was a mess to film this. I'm surprised that the theatrical cut turned out so well, then. It was yeah. Inc- I, that's what they. That's what. That's why you know. That's what they were saying when it came out. They're like, "How the hell did this guy scrap together this good of a movie mm-hmm. under with all that, the production problems that they under, had under those circumstances?" It's almost like Star Wars, you know, the nineteen seventy seven Star Wars. How how is it? Yeah, no one had a heart attack on Star <laughs> Wars. Heart attack on set. I said it's almost like it because you know there was a lot of production issues and you know. Um, I'm not sure if you guys read about this, but George Lucas did have like a nervous or mental breakdown on set. So, you know, kind of similar, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. I suppose. I mean, if footage you look was at lost. It, no footage was lost, too. You know, yeah. it was a mess, dude. Dang, that's that's impressive, that's, man. That's very. Opala's my boy. That just gave me a whole nother amount of respect for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Crazy how this was assembled. So I understand you you went on about the budget being overthrown. So everything's practical, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Is is everything built to scale for this? Since you know more about the behind the scenes of this, or do they you mean like miniatures? like like for the bridge? I think, I think they use miniatures. Okay. I because he when was. That when was Brahms Dracula form filmed? I think it was with Gary Oldman. Was it after this or before this? I don't know. You talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah. I think it was in the nineties. Okay, so this is where his miniatures then came from, because he had to you know manipulate the camera. So mm-hmm. I think miniatures started here, and then he got better and he did this Dracula thing. Okay. It's like a mix. 
Okay. That's no. interesting. I can't even tell. Yeah, but th that's a guess. He could have built it. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't surprise me if they did. You know? And they just said, <laughs> fuck it. Blow this shit up, because we're already over budget. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy, man. I, um, I forget what scene it was. It, it was, I think, about halfway mark. Uh, what was really impressive to me was seeing the helicopter perched in the tree on fire. Right then, that was yeah. that was awesome to see. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh God, Jakari, what are you, what are your overall thoughts on this movie, man? This this damn movie right here is mental, and I mean that in almost every way. Like, I wouldn't necessarily call this a war film. It's more like a uh, psychological psychological horror film you know because throughout this whole movie um we're witnessing man's slow descent into madness and the slow descent into madness in this case represents um captain willard and his crew sailing taking this journey slowly into the depths of cambodia where kurtz is residing mm -hmm. and i could also say that um willard represents life and Kurtz represents death because even though Willard is still alive and well, you can still that you can still see that the after effects of Vietnam and what he's been through in the war has still carried a huge burden on him. Hmm. And I say he's the representation of life because even though he's still living, he's still pushing through, you can tell that not everything is okay with him. Same way life is, you know, life isn't always perfect, but, you know, it, it's still, you know, progressing onward, you know? And yeah. I say Kurtz represents death because he's evolved in a much more darker path than Willard has yet to reach. Because he's like a god now, he's viewed as a god, and he has no other purpose in his life other than to take care of these this this tribe that he's created from various battalions in Vietnam. So that's his only purpose and it's a and it's led him down a very dark path and that's why I view him as death. And to see both those personifications meet up at the end and face off of one another and to see Willard kind of take on that personification of death at the end after killing Kurtz kind of symbolizes or confirms the slow descent into madness. He didn't slowly descend into just madness, but he's now become death. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things I took away from this movie. It's so poetic and harrowing. I've never seen a movie like this a day in my life, and I don't think I ever will. It's a mystical, hallucinogenic, God-mode viewpoint of the war. And I couldn't have asked for a better movie. I was so blown away by it. I loved it. It was absolutely. It, it is a little bit mystical in a way. You're you're right, man. Yeah. Um, I I've also never seen anything like this. I don't like war movies. You know, I did like <laughs> Cherry. I know we talked about that in the podcast before a lot, several yeah, weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I don't like strict war movies, dude. They've my um my my grandfather fought in Vietnam, and you know I've. He's always been, you know, any conversation we ever had with that man, very military, military, military. I got tired of hearing of it, dude. 
Never mm-hmm. had a conversation that I made in my life that wasn't about the military. I did I did not give a shit about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll probably never talk to me again in my life. But if I were to, it would be about the military. You know, matter of fact, the last conversation I have with that man, he he didn't know like my my full first name, didn't know anything about me, but like he asked, So when are you joining the military to fight cyber terrorism? It was something that was always Wait, crammed down your, my throat. Ooh. It was how weird. Your grandpa not not know your name, dude. Dude, I, that tells you my relationship with him. For fuck's okay, sakes. well, another podcast. Yeah, but I'm saying like yeah. it was always crammed down my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this film genre, like, it never interests me at all. Like, there was really? been a couple war movies. Yeah, dude, I just uh, never. Dude. If it was a brief thing, kind of like how um like Force Gump had like a 20 minute segment of a war. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. But same so with Cherry. Yeah, Cherry was a little bit different because it was more uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. In Iraq. I Vietnam specifically. I think the most I think the only Vietnam war film I could stand and enjoyed thoroughly was like Rambo Two. Okay. Oh wow. Where Rambo goes back to Vietnam to save the Colonel. Yeah. But, um it never interested me. It was just so beaten to death for me from hearing about it. This was one of the most pleasant surprises. It was um, beautiful. I, I gotta be honest with you. I bought this for like $5 on a Black Friday a couple years ago in 4K. I have the same version, the same box set, six disc box set that you two have. Um, I went into this almost completely blind. You know, I just knew it was a war movie. That's it. Okay. Didn't know Martin Sheen was in it. Didn't know Lawrence Fishburne was in it. Or I, I knew Harrison Ford had a role in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because, you know, big Harrison Lawrence Ford fan. Lawrence Fishburne looks so young in this, I could hardly recognize him. I do, it took me to hear his voice. Yeah. yeah. You texted me. You're like, Lawrence Fishburne's in this? I'm like, my boy, clean. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this definitely was a pleasant surprise. And this is more of an experience than Absolutely. just a view. Absolutely. Um, I I was I remember when you when you posted your like top five list or top ten list, I kind of judged you. I was like, why the fuck's Apocalypse now your favorite movie? I get it now. I can see why. It's I fully understand it. And then a, a Clockwork Orange is right behind it. So like, I said, I'm gonna watch that when the 4K comes out, yeah, just yeah. so I can justify <laughs> spending thirty two or thirty three bucks on the 4K. Nilo, you sadistic. But dude, I get it now. Truly, this this was an experience, and it's uh, one I'm, I'm damn glad I was able to to kind of wait to experience where I had this appreciation for for cinema yeah. compared to to watching this in a classroom. Um, I know you did, and you it spoke to you apparently, but I don't think it would have spoken to me the same way. That's because um, I like my English class. Oh yeah, I dude, I would have been bored out of my mind if someone showed me this in school. Yeah. Um, B, I, I think you guys summarized it perfectly. This is, there's, there's not a lot of movies I, I consider to be perfect. And this may be one of them. Oh, most definitely. This is, uh, definitely, there's few perfect movies out in this world. And this is definitely one of them. Um, I want to go ahead. Daniel, what is, what is your favorite scene of this movie? Can you narrow, narrow it down to one of them? I can give you two. Okay. The Valkyries, the ride of the Valkyries, oh, yeah. when they're all in their helicopters, mm-hmm. and he's like, 
put your helmet. He's like, why are they selling their helmets? So we don't get our balls blown off. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that then comes right. That comes then right after. I love the smell of napalm in the morning, which is obviously a classic. I I say that constantly throughout almost weekly, at least once, even if it doesn't smell like napalm. But the ending, okay, the, ending the ending is something I love. Like I almost know that frame by frame. I've watched it so many times. But the ending and when he finally kills Colonel Kurtz, and he steps outside. And the lightning strike, so you see him, he's all bloody, he holds the machete, mm-hmm. the camera's down, and it's looking up at him, and you're like, he has just went from an innocent man for the last two and a half hours, for the last two, hour, two hours and 25 minutes, to what he was supposed to destroy, you know? He turned. It took him that long, obviously days in the film, but he turned at the very end of the film, and it can happen to anyone. I I yeah. I think my I know, favorite man. uh my favorite scene is the ride of the Valkyries. I um Ooh, yeah. Weird weird story, okay. So I used to have like a friend group I'd be with all the time. And this one dude who would would sit in the passenger seat of my car. We would drive around town and any kind of like mischievous thing if I was like for the hell of it chasing someone with my car. Yeah. Or what we would do quite often. I have videos on like my Snapchat memories. We would roll down the sunroof. He'd get out of the sunroof. It would hold a condom out. And would blow it while I'm driving. Down the highway. Blasting Ride of the Valkyries. So to hear that and to understand where the reference is coming now. Is it... That that made my day much more. To have an actual attachment to this film I didn't know I had. Yeah. Um, I love classical music. You know. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And Dakar, what is? Do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Can you narrow it down to anything? Um, I love this entire movie. Um, a contender for my favorite scene would definitely be the Ride of the Valkyries. Um, mm. that scene was just perfection, and literally like the the speed, the like the crazy wide shots that they were able to get during the sequence is insane. Especially with the helicopters zooming through the village and oh yeah, the napalm just going off of the helicopters and it just flaring like masterful stuff, man. And that's a contender, but my favorite scene is probably the entirety of the third act. It's white knuckled, yet haunting at the same time because you get to witness the the conclusion of the slow descent to madness, as I was talking about. You get to witness that in a very cemented fashion and mm-hmm. it was very meticulous in its execution and when you got to the very end of the third act to the end of the final movie or to the end to the to the very end of the movie my bad it felt almost rewarding in a haunting sense if you get yeah. what i'm saying because of you know what willard did and what he became afterwards Mm-hmm. You know, became everything he tried to avoid, you know, and the events leading up to that were so meticulous and white knuckled. And I got to say, like, the cinematography is some of the best I've ever seen in any film. This is possibly, I might say this is a hot take, but this might be the most well shot film I've ever seen. Okay. This might be, this might be because everything, the visuals, everything is on point. 
like mm-hmm. from the composition of the palm trees to the helicopters just flowing in and out of frame to the napalm just everywhere to the the boat sequences to the battle sequences to the wide open shots in the depths of Cambodia in the forest like every shot in this movie is amazing mm-hmm. and you gotta commend Francis Ford Coppola for being able to compose these shots in such difficult circumstances it's mind-blowing it really is so that the, the entire third act is probably my favorite part of the entire movie interesting um yeah you daniel you you really wrap this you really discussed this whole thing pretty thoroughly man um to know surprise of being your favorite movie i'm gonna lost the words to be honest Oh yeah, you I like would. this movie. You guys will probably like. It's not as good, but Full Metal Jacket is up there because it's yeah. not like like you guys both said. It's you like this because it's war, but it's not. This is a character study of someone going through war yeah. and what he has to endure. That's exactly kind of what Full Metal Jacket is. Hannah yeah, wanted me to get that on 4K, but it's haven't had a chance to get it. Um, yeah, that, I'll be beginning that. Soon I just for picked sure. it up. Yeah, I picked it up. Uh, I I don't hold it high up there next to Apocalypse Now. I think that's the better one, obviously. Nothing nothing will beat that for Vietnam War films, mm-hmm. but it, it's darn close, you know. Yeah, Full Metal Jacket is fantastic. That's one I grew up watching many times. Okay, you've seen it. There you go. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'll have to pick it up it, next time I see it. It's funny, this movie, too. Like, it's it hilarious. shouldn't be. It's, it's mm-hmm. hilarious. But it's like parts in this film in Apocalypse Now that I like, like you, you giggle, or you know, you like, hmm, yeah, you know, <laughs> if you have like a dark the comments movie. or whatever, yeah. So yeah. I think that's interesting too, how it's like that when that mm. there's so much death and destruction going on in it, his world. You know, like one minute we're fucking blowing up uh, innocent Viet Congs, or no, they're not, they wouldn't be Viet Congs, Vietnamese people. Yeah. The next we're going to see the Playboy girls. You yeah, know, the USO show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah like, what a weird ass fucking you know. Yeah, <laughs> like that's weird. Very weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like if you have a dark sense of humor, then I guess you'd probably get a few chuckles. I know I did, especially with the Danilo saying, "Oh, why do you guys sit on your helmet?" So we went Western balls. Like that was that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Dakar, what would you what would you rate this film? Automatic Coruscant. Automatic curse. I feel the I same it. way for me too. I loved it. It was beautiful. Uh, Danilo, I, I assume it's a coruscant for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's for sure a coruscant. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. I think this is the it's first the, time we've we've all. <laughs> it's better than a coruscant, bro. Uh, since Blade Runner, since Blade Runner twenty forty nine, because we yeah, because used... we all gave that coruscant. Yeah. Okay. Still, it's been a damn long time since we've talked about that. <laughs> oh yeah. That's still our most successful episode. This will be the next most successful one. Most definitely. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode, guys. Um, be sure to check in for next week. We're doing a double feature of Zack Snyder. We're Ooh. doing Army of the Dead and Watchmen. So, you know, stay tuned for that if you like Zack Snyder, if you liked our Snyder Cut episodes, those two-parters. Um, any, any closing comments to Kari? Um, 
No, I think I said everything that needed to be said, even though I want to say so much more about Apocalypse now, but, you know, hey, I said what needed to be said. Indonilo, any closing comments for you? Uh, no, that's that's all. Um, look for bad batch reviews, I guess. And my like, just my own th- thoughts more on Spiral. Danilo did reviews on podcast form if you're interested. Mm-hmm. So. Um, be sure to go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy of Film. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us an iTunes review. You have no clue how much that helps us out. Um, I didn't bring it up beginning of the episode. I forgot to. We did get another iTunes review. But it was just blank. But How many stars? It was five star. Thank you, mysterious person. Yeah, Thank no you. name. Leave if you leave a review, please. Like if you, even if you write, I like it. Just leave something so we can read it. We know who it is. Please. Um, because if you leave a blank one, we don't, we don't get a. We read can't give you that see. shout out. Yeah, we nothing goes. You know. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for leaving that. Whoever did, and please consider leaving us leaving us a review. It really does help out the show. You know, if someone types in the word galaxy and we got more reviews, the higher we pull up on the list, you know, or film or any of that kind of stuff. So, and like I said, be sure to follow us on social media and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Later. later.